Oh yes, I see. You sense a secret within the nightmare and cannot bear to leave it be. As if the spirit of Bergenworth lives on within you, such inquisitive hunters will relish the nightmare. But beware. Your blood's gonna burn. I knew it was the devil came. He's just bad for good. So death is coming. Purge this town. I know your name. I'm gonna cut you down Secrets are secrets for a reason And some do not wish to see them uncovered Especially when the secrets are particularly unseen You can all run if you want to You can all Welcome back to the Dark Insight Podcast. I'm Vader Van Oden, or Charles Turner, and of course I'm with my, my friend from across the planet, uh, Clifford Goldsmith, or Death Note. How's things? All goody-woody. And as you may be aware, we have uh, some special guests with us today. Uh, we've got returning guest, Jeremy Greer. Hello. Hey, and we are trying to catch up with uh, Bonfire Side Chat and your guest appearances on our, our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're, we're, we're catching up, guys. Um, was it like another seven to go or something? Yeah, something like that. I'm I'm on pretty much every episode of Bonfire Side yeah. Chat now. That's I just I just don't speak. Cole mutes me all the time. Is the problem? So at, at least you get mentioned almost every time. <laughs> and also stateside, we have uh, Sean Wagoner um, from the the Law Hunter is joining Hello. us today. Also. Thank How you for you? having me on. I'm good. Nice. And you're also a regular guest. You've appeared a couple of times on Bonfire Side Chat. Yeah, I've been over there uh, a little bit. A little bit. So we've got you got <laughs> got to get you on a couple of times again to catch up. Yeah, it's an easier task. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> Not the mammoth task it is for Jeremy. <laughs> so thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, if you haven't seen by the title of this podcast, we are doing a, a Bloodborne The Old Hunters special uh, where we talk all things The Old Hunters. We're going to delve in deep um, and talk lore, talk items, talk uh, level design, everything. Everything we can think of. Um, so we're pretty excited about this. It was a, yeah. I don't know, yeah. Should we, do we want to give first impressions, just a brief overview of what we've seen, or do we just want to dive straight into... The Nightmare's Hunter. Uh, the Hunter's Nightmare. There's just so much good stuff to talk about. Oh, <laughs> just, yeah, loved I am it. ready to get started. I have been bursting for the last three or four weeks. When you talk about this. <laughs> yeah, let's just get right into it. Yeah, right into it. Um, yeah, well, I guess we've got some notes. We can try and follow them, but I, I assume we're going to get the sidetracked. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you don't know, Sean, I... Obviously, Jeremy's uh, come across this firsthand. We're pretty terrible at following our show notes, as most people know <laughs> listening to us. We tend to sidetrack quite often. <laughs> oh, that's all right. No, it's been a long time with these show notes, so it's, it's see what we can do. Um, so I guess the first thing is, uh, what do you guys think of the how you access the DLC, um, at, comparing it to other previous Souls games and their DLC? We'll start with you, Sean. Um, I... I... 
I I think it, I think it's good. I um, if you were around for the uh, Dark Souls two DLC when those came out, um, I I didn't quite like that how you just had the item dropped literally like into your inventory. You still had to kind of find it out, but I liked this one. It was it was easier than the uh, Dark Souls one Artorius of the Abyss where you had to go through this convoluted thing, but. I think it, I think it made sense. I, um, it was, er, it is actually earlier in the game than I thought it would be. So, in many ways, I think it's probably just about the most accessible they've made the DLC yet, despite differing opinions on that. Yeah, I, I'd actually agree with that. Um, any other, yeah, I, I, I liked how, I, and even when you pick up the item, it pretty much tells you what you, what to do. Like, when you, when you get the item from the Hunter's Dream, it says, Go to Udin's chapel and go out. <laughs> and then there's exactly what you do. Like, it's real obvious. Um, and I like that. But yeah, it wasn't too convoluted. Um, so what are the requirements, if I can remember, are you got to beat Amelia. Yeah. Correct. Um, and then that will activate the item to appear in the hunter's dream. And then you go to Udin's chapel, exit left, and the Amidilla trap there will grab you just like the other one that takes you to the lecture hall yep mm-hmm. yep so quite simple I, yeah i liked it very simple but some people seriously are on the internet moaning that it was difficult to find really the item actually states that you yeah. to get grabbed by an amygdala basically it's it was so simple it was probably as you say the easiest one to date i think for, the, for getting into the DLC, it was very, very straightforward. I've, I don't see why anyone had any problems with it, but there you go. Don't know. Yeah. What about the? Um, you mentioned uh, Sean that the um, it's quite early in the game than you thought it would be. Mm. What about the difficulty level compared to that point <laughs> of the game? <laughs> well, that, that's a different story. Yeah, I'd say one, once you get in there, I, I actually I like um, I went in at I went in at uh, sixty five. Yep. And, uh, and, um, I, you know, it's, the enemies are tough in there initially, but I, I think it's doable. And then you start to get the impression that it's harder as you progress into the level. And then when you reach the first boss, you're kind of like, oh shit, this is, this is actually end game content. So. Yeah, it's pretty tough. And what, what, one thing I noticed, um, cause I did it with a new game plus character and I went through a new game character and I thought I'd just, cause I unlocked it. I thought I'd just run in the end. You know, and farm souls, I figured it'd be a good return on investment. But the actual soul return is actually quite, is less than, um, the Forbidden Forest. Whereas the Forbidden Forest was a lot, is much easier and much man- more manageable in the difficulty. But the souls are higher than you get from the DLC, which I felt was a bit unfair. <laughs> Cause the DLC was quite tough. Um, I was thinking I was level, I think I was soul level 40, blood level. 40, uh, 45 or so. So I was quite low. I was quite underpowered. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That's, I would, I would probably say you don't want to go into the DLC until you're, you know, level 60 to 70. Yeah. I, I thought mm-hmm. I'd just be able to get the, um, get good souls. But the, yeah, as I say, each kill was less than one kill from, uh, one of the, the hunters or the beasts in the Forbidden Woods. Yeah. What, um, what level did you, uh, drop in at, Jeremy? Um, I'm going to guess my first impressions on this is going to be a lot different from you three. Uh, I went in with my arcane build, which was at like 120, 125. 
Um, I was still in New Game. I was not in New Game Plus, and I was I had been chalice diving with that character quite a bit. So it had like you know twenty eight percent fire gems and the Ludwig's Holy Blade. So I don't think that I died <laughs> a single time until uh, the third area, <laughs> like the, wow. the, the very last area that you see, um, which. To be honest with you, I kind of enjoyed because um, I got to kind of experience it as a story and I wasn't really brushing up against the difficulty. And I think it is, I think you guys are right. Like it's, it's pretty difficult um, even for Bloodborne standards. So I was glad I kind of got to not waltz through it. I mean, you still have to play the game, but I kind of got to experience it. And then um, I've gone back through with lower characters. I've done it in New Game Plus. Um, We'll get to the last boss, but I was I died to the last boss today, right before this podcast, about ten times. <laughs> so. Fuck that dude. <laughs> Fuck yeah. that dude. Uh, I'm I'm sure many words, many much ink will be spilled uh, <laughs> on that one. Uh, so yeah, I, I went in at one twenty and had a really good time with it. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, I was my first full playthrough was uh, probably about one thirty, but it was a new game plus. And I felt the difficulty of the actual level was, was pretty good. Like, it was reasonably easy. Um, my visceral attacks would one-shot things, uh, no worries. Um, but the, yeah, the, I found the bosses <laughs> yeah. tend to scale quite, quite harshly in New Game Plus. But now yeah. I can't really complain because I've seen that flipping people have been doing it in New Game Plus 7 with fists. Hmm. Yeah, yeah but you can't just, you can't compare yourself to Lobos though. I am to... an average looking guy, but I'm not gonna compare myself to Brad Pitt just so that I feel bad, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, fair enough. Thank you. I appreciate that. But yeah, it just makes it harder to complain. I feel like I've got something to complain about. I'm like, nah, I think someone else can yeah. So Got tame back my complaints. Um, so yeah, I did, but I did find the boss hit points just were ridiculously like there was just so much like they were in the thirty to forty thousand level range of hit points at doubt. Um, yeah. Actually, you've got the guide there, Jeremy. You might be able to actually tell us. I probably could tell you. Let me uh, let me whip out the guide. You guys keep talking and I'll wait for the boss <laughs> HP. I don't want to. I don't want it to be one of those podcasts where people are like, hold on, That's it's all it. silent. We've got to look something up. <laughs> it just sounds wrong. Oh damn! I'm just gonna whip it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's sort of a, an interesting question just about the difficulty and stuff because, mm. uh, you know, I, I think it's a interesting discussion point is because one of the biggest criticisms of Bloodborne and one that I think is pretty universally agreed upon is this. There's a little bit of lack of variety in weapons and stuff, and the DLC, you know, I think was wonderful for increasing variety, but for most people, it's still endgame content. So I don't, you know, I, I think that's a... Interesting discussion to have where, like, you could get their mid game, but most people aren't really going to get most of the weapons. So that's one of the things that it doesn't, it doesn't bug me about the DLC, but just about how it works in the game in general is I wish I could start a fresh character and have more options. So I like the difficulty. I think it makes sense for DLC to be end game content, but I kind of wish I could access some of the content that it was sort of using to fix the main game earlier at a lower level. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah, it would Completely be nice agree. to be able to play a full playthrough, not a new game plus with, say, the um, uh, uh, the bow, the bow blade. But yeah, you, yeah exactly. Blade. But that's at the right at the end of the DLC, and yeah, so it's going to be hard to get there. 
You can actually um, get that fairly early in the DLC if you kill that NPC that we'll come to come to in a little bit. You're right. Um, uh, and he's and he'll still you won't get the key that he, we'll get to all this stuff, but you can get it pretty early if you uh, get the, if you kill him. So he's a pretty tough fight. Well, exactly. So if you run in there straight after Amelia and try and fight him, are you going to be able to beat him that easily to try and use that weapon as a as your full playthrough? Are you uh, are you good at Bloodborne? <laughs> Apparently not. I think I think it would depend on uh, I think it would depend on how well you can do visceral attacks um, yeah. and things like that. Uh, I think that would be the key to that. Um, but uh, yeah, you're right. It's it is a hurdle. It's very difficult. I, I wish all of the weapons were, if not available at the front, but just kind of. I wish it was more front loaded. Like having those three mm-hmm. options at the front, like make the make the start of the game so boring. Like it's just you know get the cane, run through, get or get the hunter's axe, run through until you can find something interesting to play with. Mm. I guess that is an interesting uh, design decision though, because I guess if all weapons were front loaded in the game, then it makes can make in game less interesting in finding stuff because already somewhat of the in game is or you're like yeah another gem that I'm not going to use. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I do. Or- uh, I wish the classes had more, much more of a difference. So I wish, you know, there's seven classes in there. Give us seven different weapons to choose from and kind of. Yeah, that's, good, that's a good point. Um, yeah. that would be kind Cause of. Cause Dark Souls and Demon Souls did that. <clears throat> yes, that, that, I reckon, yeah, you're right. That, that would be a good way to deal with it. Um, yeah. Did you find, did you find that information for us? 16,000 HP, I think, is what the guide is telling me. It's got it's, some weird icons. That was for uh, the first boss we'll come to. Um, that, that's new game? First that's place. new game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, it doesn't have values for new game plus that I can see unless it's like hidden somewhere in here. Oh, so it doesn't have the scaling. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, but 16,000 is still quite a lot when you're only yeah. hitting. Because <laughs> I, I actually fought the first boss with my second character at level, I think I was up to level 55 by that point. And I almost killed him, um, and I was probably doing 120 damage per hit. <laughs> wow. Jeez. Yeah, maybe 150. <laughs> it wasn't much. Because uh, that's the problem with the new characters, I realize, is that a good chunk of your damage in Bloodborne is down to gems, having the right gems on. Like if you've got no good gems, you're just not doing any damage. Yep, you have to kind of run through and um, the stuff that you can get in the main game. There's two gems that are you know 18% plus physical attack, but they're all in the the Nightmare of Menses. Like so, yep. that's way exactly. late game. And then there's another one that's like 15% that I think is pretty late game too. All of them are after ROM, so like that's h- halfway through the game right there. And uh, yep. you can speed run for those, or you can kind of just cross your fingers and do Chalice Dungeons. But man, like, whew, it just takes a while to get a character up to where you want it to be damage wise. Yeah, so that, yeah, I guess that's some of our negative. Uh, Clifford, we haven't heard much from about your playthrough. Like, what's your first impressions? Um, well, t- to be honest, like I- I'm I'm in the same kind of boat as you and Jeremy. Like I, uh, well, more Jeremy. I was in because I started a new character. I went for it a new game, but I had worked a lot on that character. I'd taken him all the way past uh, the one reborn, uh, and I had him at about one twenty. So it was a relatively smooth run until I reached, obviously, the final boss, which we will talk about when we get there. But yeah, I had, I had a pretty smooth run, so I was able to sort of just take in the lore and the setting, the aesthetics. So I, I had a my first run through of it was 
yeah, pretty, pretty awesome. Nice. Yeah. But I'd definitely say, like, obviously I've taken my other character. Uh, he's a level 250 bloody in, in everything. He's got 50 in everything. <laughs> but like playing New Game Plus, and obviously I'm not a fantastic player, and obviously I'm still struggling with some of the bosses with him, even though. But yeah, that's just my skill more than anything. Just do what Jeremy's done recently and just shoot them with blood tinge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you guys haven't seen that, that listening, um, we'll, we'll have to try and remember the link in. It's just mental. What was the one I... Um, I can't remember his name. It's the crazy space dragon. The crazy space... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can never remember that name. I don't know why, but it's just, just in my head, it's spacey crazy dragon. Um, spacey cra- crazy space dragon. <laughs> but also like 40 seconds or something, you took him down by just shooting him. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a ridiculous build. It really yeah, it's only a few. Like I've I've done more bosses with that build and it doesn't it doesn't happen that fast. It don't that really is only stuff that has like a really big weak point that is normally not accessible like a Breedus or MAG or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That you can just lay back and shoot. So, yeah. It just ripped through them, man. It was amazing. Um anyway, side note. Uh yeah, well, I guess well, should we start heading through the areas? Uh, take a leaf from Bonfire Side Chat Boys and kind of go through the DLC area by area. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, so the first area we we you warp into is very familiar, and it's called, but it's called the Hunter's Nightmare. Um, you kind of warp in, um, and you erect a, a new lantern, and it is very familiar to Uden's Chapel with slight differences. Um, I I I kind of liked that it was familiar, and I've kind of written down in our notes familiar yet unknown and foreign ground to tread. What what are your guys' thoughts about the reuse of of past areas? It makes complete sense uh, to me. I like a lot of people. Some people are actually moaning, sort of saying, "Oh, it's a bit lazy retreading old areas, blah blah." But it makes complete sense in a law perspective because obviously it's it's a hunter's nightmare and that's the main area that they were looking after was obviously around mm. cathedral wards and Uden's chapel so that's the place where they're gonna be trapped because that's their nightmare that's where they work that's where they hunted and that's where they're now gonna eternally be stuck in a hunt forever so it makes i, I had no problem with it and i loved i i did i like the way they changed it i think it looked really really good yeah that that's i'd agree definitely agree I really dug it. The um, having, and I don't really consider it a reuse of assets. Like it's the same area, um, but the way you progress through it is totally different. Yeah. Um, you know, there's it's the way that you approach it from a gameplay perspective is totally different, and that stuff isn't easy to make. Like if anybody's ever opened up a you know a Doom editor and like made some walls, you realize very quickly like this shit is hard. Like it's not easy <laughs> to build a level. And especially to make it fun to play. Um, so I, I don't really hold a lot of truck with that. The same kind of bullshit was heard um, when Artorius of the Abyss came out and people were like, oh, they just reused the forest. And I'm like, are you guys crazy? Like, it's totally different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I, 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 really, I really dug it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I really like seeing it in, in Notorious DLC and in this, like seeing the different perspectives you can get from the different landscapes. 
And mm-hmm. like in the deal, the Dark Souls DLC, I really like work, trying to work out exactly where it was in comparison, trying to work out, cause it was different. The landscape was all, it was shaped differently, but trying to work out what it was going to become in the main game in the future was really cool. Um, and same with this. I really like that you're able to traverse and get to places you normally wouldn't be able to and see that the same stuff from a different perspective. Um, yeah, it was really good. I liked it. I, I reckon it was well, well, well used. Oh yeah, I I thought it was amazing. I like I I, I was so you know we all agree, but man, when I came in there, I was just like, just hyped from the second I got in there because I personally love that shit. Like you have this place that you're familiar with, and so you're like they play into it perfectly. Like I liked it for Dark Souls. I like it for this because. They're playing on your assumptions, like, and I love, yep. like, there's two things working, and like, narratively, it's, it's, it's like Clifford said, it's taking this thing, which would make sense from lore, and it's twisting it, because that's what the nightmare is, it's these twisted reflections of the host, I'm assuming, and then, from a gameplay perspective, like, this is where everybody sort of grew up in Bloodborne, so they remember this area really well, and, they use your knowledge against you yep. and the, for some really cool moments. Yeah, I, and that's exactly why I liked it. It, was, it kind of puts you in the nightmare yourself. It's because, um, I know, when I think of dreams, you're, you're often in familiar places and then it will suddenly twist and turn and then it's, you're in a different place. Like you'll just suddenly be in a different place. And they use that in the game. And so it kind of messes with you as a player and actually makes it more feel like you are in a nightmare because you think you know what you're doing and then all of a sudden it, this is a different Wait, Where am I? Um, yeah, exactly. And they did that really well a bit later in the level where you, you kind of, you like, you think you say to get to grips. Okay. I'm in a different version of cathedral ward. Um, this is the grand cathedral. I go down here. It's going to take me down to where the guy with the Tony Triss was in the main game. But you go down that path, and all of a sudden you're at the house that's in the in old ya- in the um, central Yarnum, and you're like, "Wait, that's not there. <laughs> that shouldn't be there." <laughs> and, and and me, it was like it was just mind bending because my mind should think, "Hold on, that does not work um, geography. No, no, that doesn't work. How mm. I know this world? Um, mm. It should be there." And so I was just confused, and it made it harder to con- concentrate on fighting the enemies, and it, and. It, I reckon they, yeah, use, use that gameplay, um, or that, that level design to enhance the, the nightmare that, that you're facing as a player. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's such a, uh, it's, it may, it's like slightly head, but not really. It's like, I love when you, you walk into the Grand Cathedral and you're like, okay, this is where I just fought. Like, they're literally creating a parallel from something you just did in the progression of the main game. <clears throat> so you walk in thinking one thing's gonna happen. And then I just love how like nothing happens. Like it's just like <laughs> it's like like I like I like when somebody uses a lack of something to say something like and you know obviously they they follow up on it later because it's not nothing. I mean there's a dead there's a dead cleric beast laying there all like you know sprawled out. So but you think some like you like walk forward very cautiously but then nothing happens and I just love those sort of moments where they, you know, they do that in these games all the time. They get you to, to get your guard up, just just to psych you out. Yep. Yeah, um, I, I, well, I was expecting like literally all the way walking out of <laughs> Grand Cathedral, all the way to the exit. I was like, oh, "Something's going to happen now. <laughs> Maybe now. It's going to jump Maybe <laughs> now. <laughs> Hold on. What the hell? Yeah, well, what's, what's through me even more is I actually did. I tried some co-op and I went in to fight that boss with someone. 
And so when I walked out, I actually avoided him to start off with because like, no, I'll just explore. And then I went, after realizing that the level was progressing, I went back and I cautiously walked <coughs> in and yeah, nothing, nothing happened. I'm like, wait, I fought this boss with someone. <laughs> I, I can't find him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just threw you. But what's interesting about what I like about From Software and what they were said in a lot of their games is that they take um, inspiration from other w- real world art and real world like architecture. Um, that actual pose of, um, the cleric, the cleric beast that's there, mm-hmm. um, is actually, uh, based off a, from what I can tell, um, a statue called St. Teresa's statue. Did you guys pick up on that or know that? Or do you know the statue? No, I, I think I know what you're talking about. It, yeah. It, it's, it's well known for how, how detailed the statue is. I'll send, send a, I'll have it on the link, hopefully, <laughs> the show notes. Um, and it's, a, it's of a, um, uh, a St. Saint, Saint Teresa who is laying back on, on a, actually it's, I think it's depicted as clouds, but very, very similar pose with their hand draped down, the left hand draped down, um, and an angel with an arrow. And it's supposed to, the arrow is supposed to represent like the ecstasy of God, you know, communing with God. Uh, whereas if, if you look at the cleric beast, he's laid back and he's just completely relaxed and kind of, and then there's the statue above that kind of the demon, angel looking thing pouring blood which i assume to be depicting old blood uh, and uh, it, to me it, it depicts the ecstasy of the old the, the great ones or the or the the blood of the great ones so just just an interesting note real quick i was uh i had a phone call that i had to take when i was playing bloodborne and i was in the middle of a chalice dungeon so i quit out and just to the menu screen and um, i hardly ever watch that opening cinematic anymore because i've seen it like a thousand times but that was playing while i had the tv on mute and um after the first one, like another one came on that I I don't ever remember seeing, but like it was the it's the hunter going through and there's like candles, but it has like a full picture of that statue of the winged statue with the no head pouring the stuff pouring the blood or pouring whatever in it. And I just thought that was really cool. Like I had never really noticed that in the game before seeing it in the nightmare in the hunter's nightmare cathedral. Um, so I I don't know. I just never noticed that CGI before it comes on before the game starts. Yeah. And I think that statue is representing, um, yeah, the cleric beast there, the flamed cleric beast lying there. It's a, yeah, it's a re, yeah, recreation of that. So yeah, I saw that was an interesting note, um, and it, that you can take real world things and art and the, the FromSoft reviews that to kind of enhance and expand the lore in game. Cause yeah, I believe this, the statue is called, is yeah, depicting, yeah, the ecstasy of, of God, of, of God. Um, when you commune with God, and it, that applies. Bloodborne, yeah, very much applies. Yeah, oh, yeah, I love that stuff. Um, I'll send you guys a picture later. Um, yeah, it'll probably be in the so show before notes. Before into the boss, the <laughs> the one thing I really I really dig is when you first start playing this, that first hunter that you see um, mm. is so badass, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the, the dude, like he just. He is just so awesome. Like he has that crazy strength whip thing, um, yeah. and he is just like hard as balls. Like he's just really hard <laughs> and just so badass. Did you guys have a lot of difficulty with the? Because they've kind of made those hunters like their basic a basic enemy type now instead of mm-hmm. like being a kind of a special fight. Did you guys have trouble with them? No, I mean, not those they, guys. They, 
they scared me at first, but I mean, it's it's like one of those things where you're like, okay, so I can just get past this one guy, and then for whatever, you know, then you die or something, and you come back, and he's still there, and you're like, oh no, I, <laughs> like, I was like, I sounded kind of surprised the hunter was still there, and then I was like, oh, these are just people, so then, then I kind of had to figure out the weapons, which is a cool way to introduce new weapons, but... They're not they're not too bad once you get their rhythm, but they're yeah, they're they're a little challenging at first. They, they hit hard. They hit really hard. Mm. Yeah, especially the strength whip one. That that thing does hit like a truck. But it, uh, uh, yeah. as Sean said, it's really good because uh, the, the different weapons you get, you kind of learn in their move sets before you get them, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I think I just visceraled his first attack. Um, and then just killed him one hit. And so I didn't really appreciate how tough they were <laughs> until, until later <laughs> when I got blindsided by one. Cause you go down and it's the, from there, you kind of go up with some rocky kind of stuff and you go down to, um, cathedral kind of, there's like the fountain courtyard where the giants are in the, in the main game. And there's a whole bunch of little beasts that you fight in old Yarnum. Um, and I was fighting them or playing with them because they don't really fight back. And I got hit, I got, that's when I got hit by one of the hunters first, was from behind. Because <laughs> <laughs> they come to join in the fight. Yeah, I, I, I love that whole area. It's just like a, it's just like a little playground, like, uh, just the fact that you can, like, I, I, it's not the optimal way to do it, but I must have spent at, like, 15 minutes just trying to get them to fight each other. And they're, you know, it's, it's fun to watch and try to get them to work, even though, like, they're terrible at fighting each other. I'm like, I wish they came at me with the same, like, lack of skill that they came at each other, because <laughs> they're whiffing constantly against each other. Well, what, what I really like about that is that they're the hunters and the beast are distinct enemies, and they're actually enemies of each other, not just yeah. you. Um, and I really also like that the beasts are scared of you because you are yeah. a hunter too. That yeah. is such a cool thing. Like that is just yeah. like when you, 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 at some point you find three of them and like you kind of roll up on them and they all like cringe away from you. And it really, yeah. it does that thing where it makes you the monster. And I know that's kind of cliche, but man, from software can pull that stuff off like nobody can. <laughs> and it made me feel like, oh man, I feel bad for these werewolves. Yeah. <laughs> Especially from what you know from, um, going to old Yarnum, the back entrance and, and kind of learning more about, the beasts and yeah, um, talking to the NPC and saying these are just humans who have been turned to beasts. You know they don't, they don't mean any harm. Mm-hmm. There, there is a, obviously going through the square. You've, as you say, there's a few of them that most of them don't attack, but you do get. I, I think there's like one or two of them that are got big nuts and like yeah. I ain't fucking scared <laughs> of you. There's one or two like yeah. you'll be walking around thinking, oh, they're not going to attack me, and one will just blindside you. Know, Give you a slap up there, <laughs> but yeah, yeah now just... Philip, it is, it's quite cool. But as you say, like it does relate to sort of the, the law again. It's, it's quite important that obviously it's trying to make a point of we kind of are the bad ones maybe in this situation, and that I feel relates to the later turnarounds at the end of the DLC, which we'll obviously talk about. But I think that's quite important. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah very, no. it's a very cool set piece. Actually, this whole intro, this whole first area was had some cool set pieces. Um, like when we mentioned the cathedral, we got to the grand cathedral earlier, kind of jumping around a bit. But yeah, there's the the grand. When you get there, there's two human hunters at the door, and the doors automatically open, and it's a set piece that happens every time. But the first time, it was amazing. Like, and in a giant Cthulhu face beast thingy with a giant axe walks out 
and starts having it having it on with the two hunters. Um, yeah, what, I don't know. I really I really like that when I first experienced it. <laughs> yeah, no, that is pretty awesome. The uh, you you talking about the execution, aren't you? The giant executioner, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, which like totally scared the living daylights out of me because I was beating him up, <laughs> and then these big old Cthulhu tentacles come out and grab me and just destroyed the fuck out of me. I was like, where the hell did that come from? Just wasn't expecting it at all. Just, but yeah, he's an awesome enemy, and when he charges up as well, they become pretty like they can. They you get caught in their combos, you're you're you're, you're buggered. <laughs> well, yeah, and they become you can't uh, when they char- do their little um charge and power up yeah go super saiyan you can't uh, get visceral attacks on anymore oh is that um, right yeah your bullets really? go i didn't know that yeah well i'm pretty sure that's what it is because if you actually shoot the bullet when they swing i've never managed to land one when they're powered up and there's like a little uh, animate a uh, little um graphics in front of them does like a little force field shield it goes boom and ripples out around ah. when the bullet would, would hit oh, cool. and i can yeah, only yeah, assume that. that's blocking there the visceral yeah it makes sense that's that's the only enemy that I just will not bother fighting in the DLC. <laughs> I just cannot I just get, they're just so hard. Just, they're just so intense. They're so furious. Um, it's just, yeah, such a pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're pretty tough, but I, I, I'd have to give enemies that I hate fighting to the last area, but I'm sure we will, we will <laughs> tackle that later. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, have, we, just real quick before we get past the executioner, have y'all seen his grab attack? Is that with his face? Where where he yeah, where he does the tentacle grab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, dude! I just saw that for the first time. I was watching um, this guy Wandering Newbie, who's on YouTube. He does a lot of let's plays, and mm. uh, I was watching his, and I was like, I have never seen that attack before. Oh, uh, it's devastating as well. It, it it hits you like a truck when he gets you. It's, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> I've I've seen him try it, but he's never landed it on me. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's it looks way. it looks really scary. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of the um the the squid face ladies from Dark Souls One, in um the library archives, yeah. Duke's archives, the Pasakas. Yeah, I'm terrible with names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't gonna even try it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I only know that because I called them Picasso's for the longest time because that's what I just kind of read them as and. Yeah, it's not that at all. Like if you actually look at the word, it is definitely Pasakas. <laughs> so I just, I just called it, uh, you know, the wrong thing for so long that I'm like, okay, now I get it. <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminded me of that kind of that grab with the tentacle things. But um, the only downside with that set piece is that it repeats every time. And so when you mm, the yeah. boss that we've mentioned, the cleric beast, um, the fire cleric beast. Where have I put my notes? Because I should know his name. Uh, well, we know he's Lawrence. <laughs> Lawrence, yeah. Lawrence, the vicar, the first vicar, uh, is the first clerk beast, um, and he's all fired up. But before you, he's actually later in the game. He's he's an optional boss, uh, and we've talked about how we didn't fight him, but you can fight him. Um, when I was fighting him, I bounced off him a few times, and quite a few times, as Jeremy will know, because he helped in the end. <laughs> uh, um, and that set piece is frustrating as anything. I wish it kind of disappeared once you unlock the boss because having to wait for that little scuff- scuffle to happen um, and then run all run past them and then getting clipped and then trying to heal and then wasting a heal before getting into the boss was just a pain. Um, so I kind of wish that set... It was a very cool set piece and it was a good surprise, but I think I wish it kind of disappeared after the first go. 
Yeah, just like have the doors open so they just start the fight as you're running up. Or, you know, yeah, it's it's tough because that that's one of those bosses where they really punish you for trying to run through because that guy will hit you half the time. And if that guy hits you, then you're, half your probably, you're probably dead or, yeah, you're going into the fight in a way in which you don't really want to, so... Yeah, um, so that's that's what my gripe with that set piece. Other than that, I do like the set pieces here. No, yeah, they they, they definitely. I think maybe like as it was, you could leave it, but as soon as you get the uh, cleric beast Lawrence fight activated, obviously once you come back later and it activates, then maybe he should kind of just bugger off and just disappear once the fight activates. Because yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Because as you say, you, you just can't. It's it's a nightmare to get past him sometimes and you generally always get clipped, don't you? And especially if you're trying to summon the old hunter who's there mm-hmm. right by him. Yeah. You, 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 what I was I was finding I was doing, I was running up to the top of the stairs and it kind of, he would de-aggro and walk off and then I could get the old hunter, go back up. But then sometimes he would aggro again. He was just a pain in the ass there trying <laughs> to get to the bosses. Yeah, a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, and, and you, my new game plus, I ended up fighting that boss maybe 40 odd times. Maybe more. I broke my weapon twice. <laughs> well, that's how many times I tried. <laughs> when, yeah. I, when I beat it, I think Jeremy was watching me on stream when I finally beat that dude. I actually, I only took <laughs> you like four, I was. I like four or five goes. I was quite lucky with him. <laughs> no, I, I just had a real hard time. I think it was the weapon I was using. Uh, the cane it just wasn't working on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a that's a tough weapon to use Ooh. on him, I'd say. Um, so I, I think when I beat him, I ended up switching to the Holy Blade. Yeah, that's what I killed him with. <laughs> um, the DLC one. But, um, so what, what else is in this area? Kind of, as we leave, go down to the right of, um, the cathedral, we, we move into what I thought was one of the cool, coolest areas and so gruesome was, is the River <laughs> of Blood. Yes. It's just so nasty. Um, yeah, it's so yeah. gross, right? Like it's just, <laughs> it's just the worst thing, especially because when you get down a little bit, like you can actually see sewer drains pouring blood yeah. into the river of blood. Like it's just mm. the grossest thing in the world. Well, what, yeah. what I like about those how normal that becomes in Bloodborne. Just like yeah, it's just the river of blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely yeah. normal. Just walking down the street. Oh, yeah, it's just another river of blood. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's not just that. It's a river of blood with one of my least favorite enemies. And I think there's supposed to, supposed to be a very obnoxious enemy, just all those blood lickers. And you just look at that place, and I can't be the only one who was like, oh, fuck, there has to be another way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I hesitated. Because uh, that, that's where I mentioned it earlier. I kind of jumped ahead because I was excited about it. Um, that's when you go down and you enter the building that's the um that's an old yarn and the one that's got the two levels that kind of connects the shortcuts together yeah with the with the trap with the wheelchair guy with the trap in the first <laughs> the main game that you go you think he looks like an npc and then he shoots you in the face yeah which mm. was the trap in the initial game <laughs> you come back you're like you're not getting me this time fucker and then you go in there and you get blown up by like a fucking fire bombs <laughs> <laughs> I loved how they did that because yeah, you go. I'm gonna get you, and he's, he's a dead body. Like it's yeah, bang, it's great. And then the fire um, get you. But, it, but I just loved how that was just so out of place uh, that building, and then even exiting it, it leads to odd places. Like you drop, you you have to drop out one way to get an item, and and there's a river of blood. Um, sure, I, I I agree. I really disliked the the look at the blood liquors, whatever they're called, and and um, Kanehurst. They were. Yeah. I just yeah. could never fight them properly. I just run through once I collect all the items. 
But I found these yeah, ones no. easier. Did you notice any uh, tag pattern difference? I never, I never killed one. <laughs> I oh. ran past them every <laughs> single time. <laughs> I can't stand them. Did anyone else then? Like, because I yeah, they're they're definitely easier. They have a lot less HP. Yeah. They don't seem oh, okay. particularly as aggressive. I'm not sure if that has any kind of lore significance or if they just they wanted like maybe to show the origin of these enemies because. Well, you know, in the main game, they're located at um, in Canehurst, which is kind of mm-hmm. like the Vile Blood territory, the home base of Vile Blood. So it kind of makes sense that they would be attracted to blood. Um, but maybe mm-hmm. they just, since it's two different environments, like the, these are a little easier since they're all fat and sluggish and all the blood that's around. Um, that's what I think of the blood because we in, in Canehurst, the entrance of Canehurst outside the castle, there is one of the the blood lickers that's um, not aggro, like it's it's quite tame. Um, and he's really engorged, or she, whatever it is. Yeah. It's like in the corner, like down to the left of the door. And it's, mm-hmm. actually, it's not aggressive, like it will move, but only a little bit. And you can kind of kill it pretty quick. And it's really, really fat, like it's sucked up. It's like a flea that sucked up lots of blood. Um, and so I wonder if that's part of it, and so it fits in. Um, because, yeah, they're sitting in a river of blood. That they're all kind of too fat to fight <laughs> too quickly. Yeah, I mean that definitely makes sense because obviously if they're feeding on, as you say, on so much blood, they're becoming gorged. They're becoming a bit fatter, a bit slower. So it's yeah, the, the, but they were definitely, as as Jeremy said, they definitely had less HP and they were nowhere near as, as aggressive as the ones from Kanehurst. Yeah, they, they tended not to do like the really fast swipe, and that's what would always get me in the yeah main game. That swipe, that combo would just yeah. get you. I think if Whereas they, they weren't. Yeah, I, I think if they would have had them as aggressive and dangerous as they were in Kanehurst with the amount that they were, that would be <laughs> fucking tough to get through there. It was, it was hard <laughs> enough as it was. Yeah. And, that, and that's what I assumed they were. It's like, I kind of like how the, you know, like a lot of games, but I feel like, you know, the Souls games in particular, they make those enemies where you just have like an emotional <laughs> reaction when you see them. And, um,. <laughs> Luckily, they didn't do too much with the ones that gave me the strongest reaction in the game. But, I mean, I just love how... Yeah, I never even touched one just because of... Just out of precedent. I was like, no, I'm not going to fight them. I'm just going to run past them because that's how you play these games once you figure out the route. Except for, I didn't know the route. I just kind of dive-bombed my way through that section. It's interesting that you mentioned... <laughs> it's interesting that you mentioned that emotional reaction because... Mm. Uh, they do something earlier um, on the way to the cathedral, one of the side paths, where uh, there's a group of werewolves and like a hunter comes out and he has red eyes. And um, Sean Clifford, I don't know neither one of you played Demon Souls, which still uh, floors me to this day. But yeah. <laughs> in, in Demon Souls, uh, there were these particular knights that you would fight and they all had blue eyes. And then you would come across one that had red eyes and it was like an oh shit moment because he had way more HP, he hits harder the whole nine. And that hunter is exactly the same way. When when he comes to you, like he's he's way stronger than the other hunters. So that as soon as I saw the red eyes, it was like, oh shit, this is a demon soul situation. Mm. <laughs> I got to get right. <laughs> yeah. Like I backed up immediately, and I was like, okay, let's see what he does. <laughs> I think they had um, werewolves like that in the original game, though, didn't they? That they had werewolves. They that did, had red yeah, eyes, absolutely. and they were a lot tougher mm-hmm. than the other werewolves, like high HP, bit more aggressive. So, yep. yeah, that's I cool. Forgotten about that. Yeah, but yeah, I know what you mean. Those, yeah, those red hunter eyes. Because yeah, if you don't notice the eyes, you're just like, why are they hitting so hard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so from the River of Blood, we can actually access a shortcut back to 
the, the lantern, can't we? Where there's like a long corridor and the door that's in Uden's chapel, which usually leads to is it the hunter's workshop upper, tower hunter's thingy. Workshop, yeah. Upper upper cathedral ward. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so that leads back, and there is our first NP. Here's our first NPC, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He is. Um, Simon. Which one is he? <laughs> Simon. <laughs> Simon. Yeah. Just, Which, uh, just so the people he's, know, he's, awesome. he's not on our list. <laughs> yeah. Who really no, yes, he's, he's, the, he's, he's Simon. He's the Harrowed Hunter. Ah. His, yeah. No. Um, he gets you pumped. He's he's all talking nightmares and stuff, and you're just like, you're at least for me, he's just like, do you like nightmares? And you're like, yeah. Well, I bought the DLC. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to know the secret? I, I love his dialogue because he. <laughs> Yeah, he keeps talking about secrets. That's exactly right. Like, yeah. do, do, do you want to know a secret? I'm like, well, hell yeah. I paid $20. <laughs> Give me in this thing. But the yeah. secret is too yeah, bad no. to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I I really like that. Just how, like, there's the opening with the lady who's, who's like, uh, curse the fiends and whatever. And then this guy, it just, it, like, I, I haven't felt it often in these games where you, like, you have a very kind of obvious like, mystery that they're really setting out. Bloodborne seems to do it a little bit more with the opening guy talking about yarn and blood and mysteries, but it just gets you excited for the DLC, because that lady and then Simon, they're all like, oh, there's a horrible secret at the end, and it just, you know, because you've reached a major checkpoint, and if you're like, if you're like me at that point, you know, you might feel a little fatigue running through that river of blood and, like, just being kind of stressed about trying to find a shortcut. And he really kind of gives you that boost where you're just, like, excited to move forward because now you have, like, a goal. Up to this point in the DLC, you're just kind of doing whatever, so. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you that because you've been battling through quite quite a, a long while to get to that point and then just to go. I nearly missed that because I was going the other way. And I was like, oh, because I'd looked down there, saw someone down, I thought, oh, I don't want to go down there. So I started moving the <laughs> other way, and I thought, oh, shall I? Oh, and I'm glad I decided to go back. Because <laughs> then, yeah, you bump into him, and he, and obviously with his uh, his dialogue, and he starts going on about the secrets of things, and as you say, it really does give you like that excitement boost. You're like, oh, this is what I'm in this for. Like, oh, I can't wait. And you open the door, you're like, oh, yes, shortcut, woo! The satisfaction <laughs> of that shortcut. <laughs> Oh yeah, getting that shortcut was huge because it was. It did seem like a really long gap between checkpoints. Mm. Well, it's not really a checkpoint, but um, yeah, shortcut. Um, pre- yeah, level progression. It was such a hard road to get there. Um, but I, I actually I knew that was going to lead back in because I I actually I was like I really I had no blood vials left. So I had like one or two, and I was like I really need to. I don't want to go back. I don't want to start this area again. I need to. <laughs> I need to find that, that. There's bound to be a shortcut back. And so I actually looked up and checked the um, the surroundings and where the Grand Cathedral was, and so I kind of worked out that it must lead back. <laughs> so I chose that as my path, and I, yeah, it paid off. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. They- because you you can make a very wrong turn here, right? Like if you decide <laughs> not to go up the bridge and you say, "Well, I'm going to see what's at the end of the River of Blood." That's a whole yeah. different situation down there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the rest of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so there's actually, there's like, t- before the main path on, there's actually two other alternative paths off the River of Blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One leads to the blood-starved beast <laughs> in a tight, dark cave where you can't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> with a hunter with a Gatling gun. 
Yeah, that yeah. that holy shit, that, that guy is a beast. Um, so that's our um, kind of our second fighting NPC. Um, well, no, no, he 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 doesn't respawn, does he? He's actually a proper fighting NPC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he doesn't yeah. respawn. Yeah. Have y'all seen the videos that are coming out where people are um, kiting the blood-starved beast around the level? No. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna send this in the chat, and I'll make sure it's uh, I'll make sure I send it to you afterwards for the show notes as well. But um, apparently, it doesn't have a leash like most of the enemies, so it uh, it doesn't. It'll just follow you around. (laughs) Like a little pet dog. Um, He's so cute. Yeah, this is like a 20 second video that I'm, I'm, I'm clicking on. Uh, so, so um, in the video, someone has drug it to the Lawrence fight. Oh man! And Lawrence and, and it aggro's everything in the level, right? So Lawrence is a- actively trying to hit the BSB through the fog gate, through the Bloodstar Beast through the fog gate, and what? ignoring the player what the altogether. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, yeah. Just as Jeremy <laughs> describes, they are uh, obviously yeah, the cleric beast and. He's just trying to... The blunt staff beast is basically beating up the cleric beast. That, that's amazing. <laughs> That'll go in Isn't the that show. Isn't that great? We'll put that we'll in the show really notes great. for you to check it out. That's amazing. If the, if the blood staff beast could actually, you know, hold his own and actually do, <laughs> did more damage. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. Wow. I love the little Easter eggs like that, little hidden things and just weird mm. things you can do with the Souls games. Oh yeah, that's that's so awesome. I really wish that there was. A, I mean, there's the shaman blo- bone blade um, that you can use to turn enemies against each other. But I I wish that we could do more stuff with that, where you can make enemies mm. fight each other. I always love that. Yeah, heck yeah. Nice. Um, See, so yeah, we we the Gatling gun guy. He's kind of a pain because he just can kind of spam that mm-hmm. Gatling gun, and you kind of want to fight him right at the entrance because you go too far in, you've got uh, smaller beasts, and then you can trigger the bloodstab beast. And then you're just going to be surrounded by just not very friendly people. Yeah, I found the sort of the easiest way to fight him was obviously get, because there's a rock just by where he is. If you kind of move around the rock until wait, just wait for him to reload and then just go fucking diving in. (laughs) Just get him then, because otherwise he can just stun lock you so hard with that Gatling gun. Yes, he can. Um, And that brings into... The reason a lot of the problem I have with the hunter NPCs in Bloodborne <laughs> is they all seem to have infinite ammo. Like, yeah. I would totally be okay with that dude having the Gatling gun, even if it did a lot of damage. If he ran out of like after twenty five bullets, like I would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really frustrating that he can just like hold L two and just murder me all the time. <laughs> yep, and it's just unlocks you. Yeah, that was a pain. He, he's, he's not too good a fighter. Other than that, like if you just stop and get him to stop using his gun and fight, he's kind of easy to visceral. Um, yeah, my biggest problem was that he was super dodgy. Maybe it was how I was approaching him, but um, he was using the extended axe, I think, at that point to try to poke him. But um, yeah, he he'd dodge away, and they would just give like, and it's probably my fault for using the extended axe because I'd always give him just enough distance where I think his AI would keep switching back and forth between the gun and then dodging around. So, and I just uh. I, I died because I went farther into the cave, as you said, so after my first failed attempt, I was really kind of uh, nervous about going forward, so I really tried to fight at that opening, and then, you know, I don't kill blood lickers, so they're behind me, so I felt <laughs> very compressed in space, so. Yeah. It's, it's a very, very dank 
scary um cave like you yeah, got you, you get him and then you get you got the the beasts that you got to kill and then from nowhere you just hear the scream of the bloodstar beast <laughs> come at you yeah and it, yeah and it's, it, just, it's, it's it's a real tough area to fight him in as well because it's, it's it's really tight so you've not you haven't got that space that you was able to fight him in before so it's just it's different get, Sorry. No, yeah, it yeah, just, just, just changing the arena of a certain fight can make things mm-hmm. that much more difficult. And yeah, I was quite lucky actually because <laughs> he, 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 he jumped on me and I didn't even realise he was coming. So I, I went through the little crack, picked up the amygdala arm. I was like, oh, that's good. I turned around <laughs> and he's like, eh! my face was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what he sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, Whatever group of people don't find who don't find the blood-starved beast to be a difficult enemy. So for me, the Gatling guy was harder. But you know, it it all comes down to whatever weird approach I take. He's just uh, even in the dark, I just find him very easy to visceral for whatever reason. Yeah, I I didn't have too much trouble with him. Um, he's definitely not as tough as he would be the first time you fight him in the no. first playthrough. Um, I think the surprise is more. <laughs> yeah, this what gets you more. Um, yep. Mm. Yeah, yeah. get you on the back foot because he is quite an aggressive enemy. Um, but yes, yeah, so you, Clifford, you mentioned um, Dilla's arm. Is that the first new weapon we found? No, no, no. It would um, be second or third, could, I think. Yeah, because you can pick up the um, boom hammer, where, where mm. the trap that we talked about earlier. That's where the boom hammer is. Um, yeah, I can't even remember the placement. The uh, the hunter's scythe is pretty early. Oh no, wait, no, not the no, hunter's the, scythe. There's one more before that. What is it? It's uh, the beast cutter, isn't it? The, beast cutter, the beast cutter. Yes, yeah. you can find that all yeah, in the cathedral yeah. ward um, uh, area. And then if you, we didn't talk about it, but the other path, if you don't go down the cave and if you don't go to the shortcut, um, if you go through the house and you know out there, is the is the other NPC that's in full beast mode. Yes, and he drops a badge that can let you buy some stuff too. That's, that's right. a hell of a fight. That dude is tough. I like that yeah. fight. Me too. Um, I I did it on my at level yeah my new game character at level like 50, 45, 50. Um, I did crap all damage to him, but just he's yeah kind of easy to. If you're not too aggressive and you just take your time, he's kind of easy to dance with. Um, but yeah, it's cool. Yeah, cool fight, and um, yeah, you, you get a badge from him, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah the is it the Auto workshop badge, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the yeah. pre-resequit. Was the 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 it, that led into the powder kegs, wasn't it? Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. Yes. They're like the original. Um, yeah, cool fight though. Um, got his yeah. beast claws out. You know, I never knew that you when you equipped the equipped the beast claws, beast claws, and you went did a trick weapon that you got a your left hand turned into a beast hand. Mm-hmm. I never knew that until the DLC. I've never ever tried it before. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it blew my mind. I was like, how do I not know this? I'm like, I've finished the game. I've got the platinum. Um, but yeah, My just, second run, my, my platinum character was a strength character. So when I picked up the beast claws, I was like, oh, I want to try to use these. And it just, the, the range isn't there for me. Like I, I want to start a whole other build for it and see if I can do something better. But um it, I, the range is so small for me. Like I never, I never actively used it. It's got some cool um, move sets um, with the the trick weapon activated. I just, I think I'd seen people. I must have seen people use it. And I just assumed that you could equip two of them. 
Because you're not looking closely, it just looks like you got two of the beast claw weapon. <laughs> but yeah, just yes, something I missed. Always learning new things. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, but in this, do we want to cover off the, the items you can find or the weapons you can find in this? Um, well, yeah, yeah, I, I, sure. yeah. In the main area, that, uh, as I say, the well, just just move, before we move on, like with the armadillo arm, has anyone actually done any builds or used used that as a weapon at all? I have not. No, I, I just played around with it because it, it looks awesome, but I, I haven't actually gotten to the point where I was using it. I'm just more amazed just by the fact of its existence. It's a really a uh, unique design. So, yeah. I, yeah, I'd like to get around to using it, but. I'm just I'm just stuck on the the whirly gig. He's <laughs> in <Isn't> everyone. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> for good reason. <laughs> yeah, it is an odd weapon because it uses like the double jointed, doesn't it? Like if you flick it out, it get kind of yeah. like a few elbows. Yeah, when yeah. you trick it, it becomes like almost alive when you're sort of flicking it around. I think uh, the aesthetic of it is is an awesome looking weapon when you trick it and it's. It basically sort of comes to life. It's yeah, it's a really cool looking weapon. I think it's got an insane yeah. reach as well. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, sort and of whip like, isn't it? And apparently that arm, as it's flicking around, can hit multiple times as well. Um, yeah. So like you can get multiple hits in when you when you're using it. I it's one of the I want to go through every weapon that I've in the DLC that I've really, really tried to use, I've enjoyed. So now I feel like I have to go through every single one <laughs> and upgrade them and try yeah. to use them. So I, I really want to try it out, but I haven't had time yet. Yeah, he's got like a cool yeah, thing. That... Uh, go on, go on, John. Yeah. Oh, I, I just I, uh, I just bring up, uh, I know uh, in uh, in our chats, I know that Jeremy mentioned this, but that is one of the things that's it's, it's tough because, you know, you want to have upgraded weapons, and then you get all these cool weapons, but you still have to only choose to really use a couple because you can't upgrade them. And the the DLC is challenging enough where at least I can't really go through with like a crap weapon. So I really had to, like, they give you all these options, but they don't give you the ma- enough, quite enough materials to sort of play around with them as much as I might like. Yeah, it, it, they do give you a lot to at least upgrade one weapon. But it is just one more weapon. You get enough in the main game to kind of do one weapon, uh, maybe one and a half, and then you get in this you get enough for one weapon. So yeah, the, but you have to do multiple playthroughs to really unlock. Yeah, but you still can't sort of, as, as Sean said, you can't really upgrade it till later on in the DLC, like up to its full potential. So you still yeah, need true. to use your old weapon to get through the toughness of the DLC Good rather, point, than, yeah, yeah. rather yeah. than messing around with the new weapons. But once you do, as I say, some of them, once you can get them up, they're, 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 they're pretty potent, some of them. Yeah, I held off because I wasn't sure which new weapon I wanted to try. I was too excited. I was like, ooh, new weapon. And I was just I couldn't decide. I'm like, no, no, I'll wait until I get the new, all of them, and then I'll decide. And suddenly, yeah, I, I refinished most of the DLC. And before I was like, okay, I need a switch. I was having trouble with um, Lawrence, the first vicar. Then I was like, I need I need a new weapon because this is just not working. And so I just made a decision uh, to, to pick one. And by that point, I had all the upgrade weapons. And I could just upgrade it straight to almost full. But yeah, if you want, as you say, if you want to play a DLC with it, you can't. Um, yeah, also, the, the Beast Cutter, that's the weapon we talked about, the Hunter, the first Hunter you see has, it's, it's pretty much a threaded cane, but chunky. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like a strength version rather than a dex version. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyone had a go with it? 
No, no, it's, it's, I, I haven't gone through with my strength build all the way through, so I haven't really played a lot with the strength weapons. Yeah. To me, it's just, yeah, it's too much like the cane. I've already done the cane full playthrough. I don't need to another. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm just not really a cane person, so I, I had a strength build and I played around with the beast cutter and it has, you know, the normal, like, insane range, but yeah, I just, it was the same thing where I didn't have the upgrades and I was like, yeah, I'm not feeling the move set. It's cool and I like it, but I'm, I'm just not, like, it's just not the weapon I wanted to use, so I didn't play around with it too much. Yeah, fair enough. Um, it's probably, to me, from the, in the DLC, it's the least exciting weapon out of all the other weapons in the DLC. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd say so. But um, every the boom hammer is actually a really fun weapon. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't used it, but it just it just sounds cool. The boom hammer is uh, that the is that the coolest named weapon in a Souls game? There is the whirly gig. <laughs> yeah, the whirly gig sounds pretty good. The whirly, the whirly gig is pretty cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you points for that. <laughs> the boom hammer has a certain it's it's very straightforward with you, and that that's kind of nice. Well, exactly. It, it it does what it says it does. <laughs> yeah. It's boom. It is a hammer with a boom. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, there's no messing around with it. You know what you're going to yeah. get. Um, I just like the idea of it. Um, you can yeah. light your hammer on fire and smash people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's all the weapons we've come across so far. Um, nothing else too special. We get the eye pendant, which is... We get that as part... We get that from... The hand of, hand of the Lawrence, Lawrence. Yeah. Yes, yes. The, when he's in his just relaxing, just chilling mm-hmm. out, and that is a key item that we use going forward. Um, now we're leaving the River of Blood, is where we use it, isn't it? We move into, is it the second cathedral? Because they talk about that's interesting about this DLC. They talk about, isn't it? There's two cathedrals. Yeah, 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 basically, they're, they're... yeah, on the eye pendant, obviously the law it's got, uh, I'll actually read it, uh, an eye pendant which unlocks the surgery altar. There are two cathedrals in the Hunter's Dream, one lies past the River of Blood and another contains the private research hall of the Healing Church. Only chosen members of the Healing Church or their lamentable patients can enter the research hall using this eye. Yes. Yeah. And I just thought this was really cool that this... They're kind of reusing areas and then reusing areas in the reused areas <laughs> just to kind of mess with you. Um, yeah. And so leaving the, the blood, the blood, the river of blood, you enter into, oh no, I've skipped ahead, haven't I? I'm getting myself confused. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to do it all from memory. Getting the river of blood continues. Getting returned. <laughs> <further. on. laughs> um, and we, well, what happens now? We we kind of come across a few more hunters, and well, well real quick, um, if you are we to the lamp yet? Have we gotten to the lamp? The next lamp? Well, I guess that's so at the end of the river of blood, yeah, isn't that's it? That's the end of the section. Okay, yeah, this okay, is the okay. Next so section. I was I was jumping ahead too. Okay, my yeah, because you you move Go around ahead. into the next section, and you find there's like a little spew off. There's uh, two hunters and a, a ton of crows, isn't there? Like, yes, yeah. that's where we are. <laughs> yeah. And we can see an item at that point. You can, it's kind of like a dumping ground. It's sort of bodies, isn't it? This is where we start to see a lot of bodies. Um, which are still moving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. It, which is, is awesome. I think that's the, uh, like I know there, there's people who have differing opinions about the sort of, some would call it clutter, some would just say it's, you know, next gen capabilities. But this is by far the best use of like environmental, like, 
you know, a previous system probably couldn't run this sort of thing. But I just love how it's the area, you just kind of notice it out of the corner of your eye, and then you start to, like, then you notice, like, literally the ground is moving with these little corpses just yeah. kind of, like, rolling around. <laughs> yeah, so na- nasty. And from yeah. there, it's kind of, we can see, you can see an item that you can't reach, and that's where we, we can look back to that in a minute. Um, that's where I was. Okay, yeah, I was skipping ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So was I was skipped way ahead. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Um, climb a ladder, and then you kind of go into more of a pool of blood. It's kind of less river and more pool, isn't it? It's like a, <laughs> a more open expanse. And we get to fight two of our friendly Cthulhu giant dudes. Hold on. Two seconds. Guys. Two seconds. If you back up, before you jump down there, there's a pan off to the left. Uh, that's where you pick oh, up yes. the beast hunter scythe, isn't it? You fight that. That's uh, the beast hunter, hunter yeah. Yeah, you don't want to miss that. Uh, the Beast Hunter Scythe, uh, quite cool. It's kind of like a, mm-hmm. a Dexy uh, uh, saw. Yeah, right. it's, a, it's another version of the saw blade, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a Dexy version, quite quick, and it's got some. It's got some cool moves because, like the regular attack, kind of he lunges forward quite a lot. I quite like that, so you can gain space quite easy on sort of. I, I think it might be good for PvP because it's got some uh, sort of uh, mm. ground closing moves, which is quite cool. Yeah, I, I thought it was, I, yeah, I tried that out because I had a skill-based um, character. Um, just had a quick play with this, the set move set. It was quite. It was quite different. How um, most weapons, you just attack, and you. But yeah, it had a kind of a, a bit of a step in animation, which was very different. Um, and I did like that. Um, and yeah, it just looks cool. Big sharp blade. Cut. It looks like a real big cutthroat. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, I like it. A lot of the PvP guys I know um, that yeah. actively do PvP are, are real into it. So nice, another good weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we get into the pool of blood. Yes. <laughs> Is it? Stupid oh, giants. Stupid. The two of them. <laughs> oh. And one's long ranged. <laughs> that goddamn effing <laughs> cannon. <laughs> Seriously, but he like even when you're short range, he, he still will just shoot you point blank in the range, yeah. in the face with it, like boom, yeah, you're dead. <laughs> oh man, he's they're pretty relentless, them guys. They, they, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And one of them comes from a little side path, and that side path actually leads to um, one of the first NPC summons that you can get. Young, younger. Medaras twin. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Younger Medaras twin. Did you want to find the older Medaras twin? Because I never saw him. <laughs> well, if oh, you read the, yeah. the item description on, um, so this is the guy that the the league patch put in. He's the enemy NPC in um, Forbidden Woods. He's ah. the guy that uses the blood tinge spell with their giant snake comes in. Yep. And um. I don't remember exactly how it's phrased. I'm not going to try to do it from memory, but the, the item description of the new spell kind of talks about the twins and what happened to them. And it's, it's kind of one of those classic, like, yeah, we're probably not going to find the other twin. <laughs> yeah, no, like then his, uh, his set, the set you find there of clothes actually describes how, so the Madeiras twins, they lived in the Forbidden Woods and they, like, were raised alongside a giant snake or something, which is awesome. Yeah. And then the snake <laughs> died, or they they killed the snake because they f- figured out that there's the vermin inside things, and so they had to put down their snake. And then they're going around like like uh, they kind of wear butchers things because they like to dissect things and basically are looking for vermin. And then uh, one day the younger Madeiras twin 
figured out that everything has vermin in it, including his older brother. So you're led to believe that he he dissected his older brother also. Which, that's why he's a hunter. It's just a great it's a great side story because all the NPCs have these great stories, and that one just really struck me just because you know it's dark, it's very bloodborne-ish, and I just like the idea you know this this mania takes them over so. It's just funny, like fighting along. I fought alongside him wearing his brother's clothes, which, <laughs> which is kind of funny. So <laughs> nice, yeah, very good. I, I, yeah, I didn't even pick up on any of that. <laughs> very cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, I yeah, like I summoned him just to give him a go. I just thought he and he he, he dies quite easily against all those giants, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then just past the the shooty cannon giant dude there you can go uh swing around to is it to the right leads up a, like a little slope to yes um, to the right no which is goes into a chapel which looks like the um the chapel that leads to old yarnum mm. mm-hmm. and that is our second lantern of the dlc yes yeah which made me feel a lot better i mean you know why it's there pretty quickly but like <laughs> I always, there's that thing when it takes so long to get to the first one, and then it almost feels like you just stumble upon the second one like five minutes later. <laughs> yeah. So, but for good reason, so. Yes. Um, and there's actually a back entrance to that, that little chapel. Um, mm-hmm. you lead, go down the, through a tomb, don't you? Down some stairs. Is that how it works? And you go up the yeah, back. Yeah, you go through, you go like, just like you're going to Old Yarnum, um, except mm-hmm. the, the coffin is on top of the stairs. It's already moved up. So you go down there and it's kind of like you're in a different area. Mm. Yes. And that there is a second uh, NPC summon. Um, what? Was that Braidor? Or is it Voltaire that's down there? No. That's the... No. Is it uh, Henrietta? A... Yes, yes, Henrietta. Yes, yes. Yes. I didn't get her in the notes. Sorry, I missed her. Mm-hmm. Um, and for what I... Can work out if you summon her, you can't summon. Yeah. Um, the younger twin. Yeah. That's yeah, right. the, it limits you for whatever reason. And the old hunters, like, if you summon one summon, the other one might not appear. So. But I, I have summoned um the twin and Volta, which is just yeah. past the lamp lamp going the other way. I have yeah, it's them. confusing. Yeah, yeah I don't okay, know why you me. can do some. Yeah, um, no, it's the same for me. She's super badass, though. I liked her. Um, she's using, if I remember, the tombstone hammer thingy. Okay. The uh, the Kirk hammer? Kirk hammer, yes. Oh, <laughs> I like to play. You're so good. I was trying to think of what you could episode. possibly be talking about. <laughs> John Tombstone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so it no. worked out today. I'm bad with names in Bloodborne, and I can't play it as well as other people. So <laughs> <laughs> why am I here? Um, <laughs> yeah, no. But yeah, I, I, she was cool. Yeah, I took her into the fight as well, and she, yeah, she certainly helped in that fight. I never actually took her, and I just kind of played and ran around with her and just killed the stupid giants with her. Is is she? Is it down that path where the the shell lady? In the whirly gig, sir. Yeah. Uh, it's just before that. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's on your yeah. way down there, just outside the chapel. Where you come out the stairs, mm-hmm. just to your left, her summon sign. Yeah. And then you okay. can you continue on, and there's like a drop off to kind of like a another body dumping ground, and there's like scaffolding mm-hmm. across the ditch. 
I don't know if you guys noticed this, but this is a really cool trap just ahead. Like, cause there's an item across the little, the little scaffolding across the ditch. Yeah, there's a hunter up And you walk towards it, and there's a hunter that mm. drops down, and I couldn't work out the first time I came across him where he came from. He's up above. But if you actually walk back, and you look at the shadows on the opposite wall, you can, you see, can see his outline. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the shadow, and I, and right before <laughs> it disappeared, and I was like, oh shit, and started like wheeling the camera around to try to figure out what was going on. <laughs> and he's what, he is a special hunter. He's, if I remember, he's just using the beast cutter. But he has got, he's like souped up. Is he another red eyes one? But his, I'm sure his sword has got like, uh, some kind of dark fog on it, or some, he hits a lot harder. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is, or if there's any lore behind that, but it's, it is a cool little trap. Um, he destroyed the younger Madaras twin with me. Like he just <laughs> owned him, killed him like in a few seconds. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I really like that you can see the shadow. Yeah, and that's a forewarning to the trap. Yeah, no, that's cool. But yeah, as you say, like moving on from there, like that's where you get your, uh, as Sean said, your first, you, you get the shell drop from perceivably <laughs> out of nowhere but obviously we know later on where it came from yeah. but it's yeah what i like about that it foreshadows what's coming yeah and you're just yeah. but in, in a way that's you're like what the heck so where did it come yeah. from where there's nothing up there how the how the hell did it get here <laughs> yeah yeah well and then on top of all that what the hell is it like yeah, you exactly. haven't seen anything that looks like that in bloodborne yeah in the entire game and the chalice dungeons, like all that is that that the thing that drops, which is like this weird fish-looking dude in a uh, in like a sea shell. I, like you just look at like what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. really like nothing we had seen before in the game at all, really. So it was yeah, it's, awesome. It's just so subtle. It's just like plop. We're not going to say anything else. You can stew on that for a few a few hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like yeah, just no kind of warning. It's it's great. <laughs> yeah. Um and just past the seashell mermaid, uh we get the whirly gig saw. Yes. Yes. Which is it's my favorite it's my favorite weapon, but it's everybody's favorite weapon because it makes you feel like the villain in a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> you go around like <laughs> like chewing people up with that saw when you hold down L two. Yeah. The sound design yeah, on it's amazing it. as well when you hold it down. It's like, yeah. beep, 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 oh my god. Oh, the sound it makes is just so good. <laughs> you feel like a leather face from Texas Chainsaw. It's like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it's taking Spin to Win to a whole new level. <laughs> it's, it's almost like they heard that meme and was like, yeah, we can do better. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah man. Good, yeah. So then we, so that's actually popping us right back where we talked about before. We saw those writhing dead bodies. Um, yeah. Uh, where we had to climb back up the ladder to head to the pool of blood with the giant tower. So we just looped around. <laughs> Did you guys think that you'd miss something? Like it just seemed a bit odd that that's all it was, that loop around? Well, no, no, I thought that was because obviously new weapon off to one side. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, I definitely felt that that's, that's why I went there was to pick up that. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's you kind of there's an area you can go before this that you can kind of see over and see the summon sign. You can see Henrietta's summon sign, and um, mm. so that was kind of a 
when I got over there, I was like, oh, this is this place, and that's the reason they let me see it earlier. And then when I got the weapon, I was like, yeah, this is just like a little path that I don't ever have to go down again now that I've got all the items. So. <laughs> yeah, okay, yes. cool. Um, God, that, that's right. When you climb that ladder, that we just you can actually turn around and drop off onto some beams that lead across the the ditch with all the bodies, and there's an item across there, isn't there? And I think it's, was that something with the constables? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's I, yeah, it's, I think it's a bit of the constable, and it's interesting if you look in this whole area. Um, so it's it's the set that Walter uh, wears. He's he's wearing the constable set minus his uh, bucket head, but um, and you can get that in the main game. But and then the, the whirly gigs his weapon. So it's like uh, it, it puts together this cool story kind of as you collect the pieces, but. It's, uh, it made me wonder, like, cause they all belong to Vaulted, like, you know, I was half expecting to find, like, some, like, naked man running around, cause all his clothes, <laughs> he's in the game, you can summon him, but it's like he lost his clothes, like, in the slowest progression possible when he dropped his weapon, so. Or, or he was ripped apart across the place, and he's just been spread across the blood, the, the river of blood. Which is interesting, I, um... because, Go ahead. yeah, the, the constable, I like the, like, um, so the constable's clothes, they tell a story about, there were some, you know, there's some people coming to Yarnum when they came across a beast, and they were all killed except for one person who ate the beast. And I'm, for some reason, I take that 100% literally. And Walter's the beast eater, leading it to mean Walter's probably the constable who ate the beast. Yeah, that that's most like, certainly the way I, I take don't. It. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, there's no even, there's not even a comment really. It just like dropped the mic from there. He just, he ate a beast. <laughs> so, mm, yeah, dinner. <laughs> the yeah. interesting thing about that, um, I was going to read that exact item description because that's when I'm at, when I first read that in the constable set, I was so excited. Like there's, cause there's a line too that the, um, that the fable is a favorite among Yarnamites who are partial to any stories of pompous and tolerant foreigners who <laughs> suffer for their ignorance. Like, that's just, it's such a, pers- it, like, it builds character in the city with, that, with just, like, one sentence. It's so mm-hmm. perfect. Um, yeah. But there's a neat mechanical thing with this where, um, in, if you are a member of the, the League, which is Valter's, like, you know, PvP, not PvP, but a PvE Covenant, Some then rate. you can... Um, yeah, the Sunbro Covenant. Um, and you kill a boss and you use vermin, um, and you, that's how you level up in the Covenant. If you use five, he kills himself and he disappears from your game. And that's how you get, um, the helmet that, uh, his bucket head that Sean mentioned just a few minutes ago. And, um, if you do that, then his summon in this game, he turns from Walter, the leader of the Confederacy, or the, con- the leader of the Confederates, to Walter, the Beast Eater. And he actually has it. He has a totally different outfit and everything. Like he's he doesn't have his helmet. Like it's it's crazy. Like they actually mechanically changed the game based on all this stuff. Like it, it he is that beast eater. Like he literally ate the beast. Like that is so so damn cool. Like the way that they yeah. folded all that in together. Man, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's no. cool. yeah, it's it's awesome. And also, as uh, a small note with that, I I think I did see that because I I was pretty much wearing his his set throughout the whole thing, but um um. You know, the bucket has the one eye, and the way you get into the dream, or the nightmare is, um, a, uh, the, the blood drunk hunter's eye, or however they say it. And so it, it's, there's nothing, there's no real thing to take away from it, but I always kind of wondered if the item isn't Walter's eye. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of, that's, that's what I kind of took it from as well. Yeah. I've heard a few people say. So he's the hunter. Yeah. yeah. And that maybe like he lost that eye in that fight with the beast that he ate. 
Because <laughs> um, it doesn't it talk because he's the leader of the covenant, doesn't it? Is there somewhere that says that he hasn't got to see vermin for a long time and he just hasn't? <laughs> he's kept it quiet. But that's the whole point of being in the covenant is that you have a special ability to see vermin. Yep. And he's leader covenant and can't actually see them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I, mean, I, yeah. You, I think that that might be why he goes away. Do Do you think that possibly you, you lose that ability when you become blood drunk? Maybe. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, and because yeah, he he leaves. He can now give up because he's found a successor in, in you as the player. Um, yeah, mm. it's very interesting. Yeah. Cool just, character, just a cool story. Yeah, <laughs> we just spent ten minutes on like a little side path. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love from games for that kind of stuff, right? Like they put just pack so much story and so much interesting stuff into a yeah. tiny little area. Oh heck yeah! yeah. Um, well, you yeah, we even mentioned Volta before this. Um, yeah, it's, it's a whole new new bag of uh, can of worms, yeah, literally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a head bucket for the worm. <laughs> I love that there's an animation for squishing the worm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just stomp. Yeah. Yeah, I liked uh, Jeremy's... Uh pro tip about uh, having the vermin on your items so you can squish them after the boss fight. <laughs> it's a real it's a real nice move. If we ever if we has anyone worked out if there's anything above five that you get for leveling up? No, if you if you go look at the leaderboards, there are, there are people in like the thousands. Oh, it's stupid. Come out of is that. it just for leaderboards? Yeah. Um pretty much, yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty much just for that. Yeah. I think I looked they, at that book and it was like three days into the DLC being out and people were up to like like nine nine thousand or something. Yeah, but, um I haven't seen nine thousand because and I think they reset every month. If it's gonna be like the PvP covenant, the vile bloods, it'll they'll reset it every month. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's in all of the covenants that you like submit stuff to, um back when Bloodborne was first released, they, there was the duping glitch and people use that to just put put in thousands of the uh vile blood stuff and nothing ever came of it so i don't i just think you get the one thing that you get which is the gesture and then that's going to be it yeah i haven't ever bothered with the vile bloods for that reason yeah so. um it's kind of like that's the downside with like demon souls there's the kind of the trophy room right at the top of the um the nexus and it's just people who, like, you're like, everyone there, they're like the top 10 people who are just all soul level. Was it not like 7, 12 or something is the cap? Yeah, yeah, 7 something. I don't remember the number. Um, and it's, and they were there within pretty quick because of the, the whole, um, you could double your souls mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Well, just like in Dark Souls 1, on the 360, um, I was like in the top 100 of the Book of the Guilty until uh, people figure out how to hack your save and then the top 100 turned into like people with you know 10,000 but man I, I earned my like 600 indictments I wanted that <laughs> that rank <laughs> yeah it's just annoying when, when they have a leaderboard like that that just gets treat, abused and it's people who don't actually deserve to be there exactly yeah. um, have used the exploits to get there but yeah. screw all this let's go to the boss oh yeah sorry <laughs> sorry sorry my bad <laughs> yes yeah, I'm excited about this boss man this yeah. is the Oh, this is so good. Okay, so we've done the area. <laughs> we've got we've got the boss. We so you can summon Volta just past the lantern, and then you're heading down into another building, <coughs> uh, which is actually the turns out to be the bottom of the second cathedral. Well, did Jeremy? Since you're so excited, go. 
Tell us about the boss. Um, <laughs> well, this is uh, Ludwig, and I believe when you first see him, this is Ludwig the Accursed. Um, yep. There was a really neat set piece as you enter in what is very obviously a boss arena. Um, one of these mutated pile of bodies that you've been walking over for the last few minutes um, starts talking to you and starts, you know, please put us out of our misery. I don't remember the exact dialogue. If anybody does, chime in. Let me know. Um, and then you are introduced to Ludwig, who is a character from the main game that you know. We know he's um, the Healing Church. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. I get my factions confused. Sean, you're going to have to help me out on the lore side. Um, <laughs> you know, he... He, you know, one of the strongest weapons in the main game is his holy blade, and um, he is a giant mutated horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's got some uh, some really weird sounds to him, and um, very very aggressive. It's another classic Bloodborne giant fight. Um, it's I didn't have to. I beat him on my first shot, um, but again, I was I was very much over leveled for this in New Game. Um, going back through and fighting him in New Game Plus and fighting him with, um, you know, just basic weapons. Um, he is, man. He's a he can be a tough fight. Um, did you guys have trouble with him when the first time you met him, or just kind of walk through him, or what? Um, I, I had trouble. He's so aggressive, and he's got unlike other bosses that have four limbs. He is like eight. <laughs> yeah, he he's got a funny little thing like it's normally you can find a spot where you're safe with this dude, you're not safe. Round the front you got his arms to the sides, legs round the back, more legs. <laughs> you you, you <laughs> can't and, escape. <laughs> and like yeah, a lot of other um, bloodborne bosses I find, you kinda get into the like get under them or get right and close to them and they can't do a whole lot. You just keep dodging in towards them, you can kinda dodge your attacks. Whereas he just goes just does this big floppy horse scallop thingy on your face yeah. and, <laughs> and one um so i had a little bit of trouble with him um but volta came in and he just once you have someone if one, i found that bot head quite easy when you got two two people because yeah. he just doesn't seem to know what to do you can kind of ping pong yeah. in between um two people yeah that's how i beat him as well i took him voltaire and he was just basically taking all the aggro i was keeping him alive with the old uh ding dong bell <laughs> yeah, ding dong bell, and then yeah, Jingle just, bells. just just battering him, and yeah, after that it was it. As you say, if you've got someone there, it, it makes that fight a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, but very cool looking boss, and I really like the fact that it was a beast, but a horse beast. It just had like a different kind of twist on it. <laughs> he's he's so yeah, cool looking. Yeah. And he has, he has split personality. Like he was talking to someone. He like it wasn't like he was talking to himself or talking to you. He felt, he felt like he was talking to someone else. He is. I, he, he's he's talking to the moonlight, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He sees it as his his, his um, guardian. Like. It's a presence. Yeah. Yeah. But also seemed yeah. like there were two parts to him because there was the horse head and then there was the eyeball head. He definitely had, yeah, he had two faces. I, I'm sure he had two faces, didn't he? Yeah. But yeah, he has he has two heads with the other one laying on the ground after. So I always assumed that that one head is cut off and laying on the ground. So that's kind of the part of Ludwig that still exists, kind of as Ludwig, and then the other part of him is the more corrupted version. Yeah. Although when you bring him down to half health, you know, he has his little uh little speech. <laughs> yes. He changes <laughs> forms. Does anyone has anyone memorized that verbatim? 
<laughs> I have not, but I've watched it enough times. That's that's such a good. I've co-opted that fight dozens of times, and I cannot get sick of that like monologue. I had, I brought, you know, I brought my family, and I had them watch it. I just like, <laughs> can't get enough of it because it's the perfect amount of like. I don't know, it's, it's, first of all, it's great fan service for a weapon everybody was looking for, and second of all, it's just like, it's the derpiest but coolest thing at the same time. He's just like this horse guy with that, he's doing the little Star Wars holds his, like, sword up in front of his face thing, like their promotional thing, it's just, I just love how he's just talking to that sword, and it's so loving, it's the most passion you pretty much hear out of anyone in the game, and he's talking to, like, a, you know, a fan favorite weapon. <laughs> Ah, there you are. You was by my side the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like like your classic, like, oh, where are my glasses? You look every four of them, and they're on top of your head. There they are. Oh, there it is. It was on my back the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just, yeah. But as you say, if you're a complete derpy horse person, he's probably just completely, (laughs) he's too busy neighing at himself to think about his sword. (laughs) yeah yeah it's just it's really interesting because like the item description even talks about how like very few people even saw his sword Mm. like you know like because like i used ludwig's holy blade and i love that weapon and it's just it's funny that like for his own blade you know you think of like i don't know it just it's just weird that it would be like he would keep it away from other people and it's kind of because of what the blade has within it which is these like uh he talks about those like little sprites, the small beings of light that give him guidance, and at least for my interpretation, I interpret that as, like, the the cosmos, you know, it's sort of that effect on the sword, where you can sort of, in, you know, an effect they use in the game when there's, like, cosmic things happening, you can kind of see, like, the space beyond, and I I kind of interpreted those little beings of light to be, like, he was kind of seeing something in the cosmos, what exactly I'm... I'm I'm not sure. It's just you know. Um, so he sees those beings of light in his sword, and it's kind of what drives him mad at the same time because he talks about he didn't want to know what they were. He just liked having them around, but eventually they told him something, and he went mad. <laughs> Too much insight. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's it's just just another 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 great character story where the DLC just like. It just emphasizes in the main game how scant the character stories are compared to other Souls games and to the DLC. Well, yeah, I guess the, the, the cool thing is they've elaborated on some of the cool characters that we hear exactly. snippets about. Um, and so I think it's done right that we're, we're just getting more about... Yeah. And going back to, to um, Volta, because there's talk about um, Alfred kind of being a sort mm. of uh, Solia. But he's he's yeah. no soul there. Um, but he, <laughs> no, he's not. And so kind of having uh, Volta have the, the, the bucket shaped helmet, <laughs> it just seems like it's like, yeah, we'll give you the sun rose. <laughs> it's just kind of messing with us because the exact same kind of silhouette and shape to soul there. Yeah. Um, even kind of with the, the that short cape and uh, is very similar to soul there and the silhouette. And so yeah, I kind of like that. And then learning more about Ludwig. Um, what what are your guys' thoughts about the? Because we got Ludwig's holy blade, and that was people talked about how that was the Moonlight Sword of Bloodborne because of Ludwig, and then you got your tie-in with um, you know Ludwig van Beethoven and his Moonlight Santana, um, where it's not really the real sword anymore, is it? Like the Ludwig's holy blade. No, I think I'd, ne- I'd never considered the holy blade to be the 
the Moonlight Sword as we knew it from Dark and Demons and all that stuff. I, I've always thought that it was kind of a... a rip and it, it, yeah, it kind of seemed like a... Um, I mean, it's one of the best swords in the game, but it seemed like a... It seemed like a weak copy. Like to me, that's that's Ludwig trying to create something that he basically found and couldn't cre- recreate because, like Sean said, it's a it's a cosmic force. Um, like it's it's not a made weapon. It was a found weapon, which I think is a very important distinction in Bloodborne. Mm. Uh, the I, so to me, this this is great. I was I was so excited about this weapon <laughs> <laughs> and seeing it on the screen during this transition, um, seeing him pull it out and going crazy with it. Man, I just got so hype. And then that and we're talking about this. We didn't really even specifically mention it, but like when you get him to half health, he does this cutscene, which I've never seen in a Dark Souls fight before. Any kind of any Souls game, they've never had a cutscene in the middle of a fight, at the beginning or the end, maybe, but not the middle. And seeing that, and then hearing that music change, and then his whole mm. attack pattern changes. Like, that is insane. It's, like, it was just, it was the most, it was the coolest moment of the DLC for me. And, I, and the DLC is full of cool moments. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, like, because he goes from being very beast like and kind of on all fours charging at you and uh, to being more. It's almost like stoic or knight-like. Like he becomes more like a centaur, doesn't he? Like he, he yeah. kind of goes up to upright. His his torso's upright, and he's using a sword like a knight would, or like a a noble warrior would. It's it's a redemption art. Like it's it's that he was using this blood, and he went you know he went he turned into a beast, and then he finds the his one true sword, and then it it turns him back for at least a brief time back into the hunter that he was before he turned into the you know horrible horse beast <laughs> um, <laughs> and then he fights differently the music changes like you know he's all of a sudden he regains some of his humanity it really seems like he doesn't turn into a human like he's still got the same physical form but he's like you said he's standing up and he's using a, a weapon and not just screaming at you the entire time yeah and it's, it's so good it's so good and the beastly <laughs> limbs seem to kind of like i, I know he lost the look of having two heads so it's clearly just his uh, like all kind of things he just looked more normal as yeah. possible. Yeah, for <laughs> like, that brief yeah. moment, he clicked back into how yeah. he should have been for that brief moment in time. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. Um, yeah, and and then you can just go on and break his heart in like a few minutes yeah, you know, you later. Will. Where yeah, because he's 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 a good character. Like in Bloodborne, where there's not very many like good characters. Like he he meant well, and. He just wants to know if his, if, if the church and his guys have gone on to do good things. And the first time I played, I of course just told him no. And then he just braised the rest of the time. And, uh, <laughs> that's just, if that freaked me out, like on such a, a basic level, there's this, uh, I'm gonna get a little nerdy here, but it, I saw this on a, on the subreddit and it's kind of interesting. There's this Lovecraft quote that's, um, there are vocal qualities peculiar to men and vocal qualities peculiar to beasts. And it's terrible to hear the one when the source should yield the other. And so it's kind of funny when he's talking as a guy, but when he switches and becomes like a horse again, I mean, it just, it just, uh, I don't know. It, it touches you on this really primal level where you're just like, you know, just freaky just to hear him like just screaming in panic and just knowing that you with one word basically like just doomed him. He just destroyed him. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just, cause yeah, that, that's after the fight. He, um, yeah. you can dialogue with him at just his head. <laughs> You've severed <Yeah>. his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, just, and then you just, you can whack him, can't you? And that's how you get the sword. Or, uh, or you can talk to him with the church garb on and get that, um, mm-hmm. 
dialogue and say mm-hmm. you can say mm-hmm. obviously the church hunters are actually good and then he's like oh i'm happy i can rest in peace now and then he just dies peacefully and gives you the sword that's much nicer i just whacked them i was just wanting to know what happened <laughs> i was like what's gonna happen <laughs> but that was very cool like that even that dialogue after the fight was very interesting and cool mm-hmm. and then we got um yeah you get a very cool weapon Mm-hmm. Which is the true Moonlight Blade? Yeah, and it's got it's got the exact same move set and everything. I I love that sword. That's that's basically the sword I've been using. I love it. Yeah, I switched to it um, to fight the uh, Lawrence, the first vicar. Um, and yeah, it, it has good damage output when you've got good arcane. Mm. It does quite well. And you got some long reach as well with it, which is very very nice, keeping those beasts at bay. Absolutely, that the the typical you know projectile attack that the uh, Moonlight Great Sword has always had is very well represented. It does seem to do, do a pretty significant amount of damage, and the transform attack with the explosion can like hit two or three times. It seems like so you can really rack up some damage if you time your attacks right. Yeah, with, yeah, it's great. Like I think you can even get the if you're at the right position, you can get the long the long range attack can hit as well as your sword swipe can hit and so you can quite easily get double damage and yeah it's very cool that's that's what I, yeah that's what i meant i'm sorry i said aoe but that's what i was talking about yeah um so yeah i i've had fun with it um i've never really used big heavy swords in any of the souls games and but it's quick enough that it's not yeah it's great it's, it's not too slow um so yeah from there after our friendly lugwig uh, we move on into what I mentioned half an hour ago, <laughs> the second cathedral. Um, but we enter through kind of the dungeon area of it into a dark corridor with multiple rooms off the side. Um, and the very first one on your left, we can talk to as you come up the stairs. Actually, I think we need to mention what, what um, Ludwig's boss room is called. Because there's a lamp of his. <laughs> Isn't it called like a pile of corpses? The underground corpse pile. (laughs) (laughs) So moving up up to the rays of sunshine into a dark, dank um, dungeon, (laughs) we have on your left we have uh, NPC who talk can talk you can talk to, and his name is is that Braidor. Are you uh, are you skipping the first NPC? Yeah, you've got you've got that. that Oh no, Braidor's the other one. Who says uh, with it? uh, Beasts are a curse, and the curse is a shackle. Oh, his name's he's old hunter Yamamura. Yamamura. Sorry, I did skip it. I I clicked on the wrong one. You know, Sean mentioned this earlier when he talked about the um, narration at the very beginning of the DLC, Um, and it's kind of like a sing-songy rhyming scheme to Mm -hmm. it. And this guy's doing the same thing, and you'll see that a few times past here as well, which. I haven't figured out why. I don't know if that's like a nightmare thing or if, well, that's, if there's some lore significance to them rhyming and singing these kind of in these speech patterns. I don't. I don't know what's going on there. Do you guys have any ideas? Well, I, look, well, I was watching uh, Saint Varty did, and he he was saying that maybe that it's kind of like a thing that the the hunters were learning to try and keep themselves from going insane, just like a, a rhyme mm-hmm. to keep repeating in their head to keep them from going mental, sort of thing. Saying to concentrate on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that, think, that's what I figured. It was just them uh, 
Because uh, later we find out that the church has some control over transformation, or they at least tried to. So they must have tried to develop things to try to resist the blood. Doesn't Frodo do that with the ring? Doesn't he chant something? What's a, what's a Frodo? Frodo. <laughs> what's a, I'm not, what's a Frodo? <laughs> no, I'm just messing. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Come on, man. Everyone knows all the words. <laughs> what's a Frodo? It's a holiday. <laughs> we, we have him down here in New Zealand. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. I'm sure I've heard that kind of same technique used in something in some yeah. other story, and I, I noticed some Lord of the Rings popped into my head. Is that something that he like he sings songs or something to kind of help him? Yeah, distract yeah. them from from the the but lore you, of the ring. Yeah, that's that's kind of as you say. That's what it is. It, it's a distraction of the mind to try and keep you away from mm. things which you don't want to be going towards. Really, well, I heard about something about um, you know soldiers the other day being taught if they get uh, captured, they're taught to just repeat their name and rank as a way to yeah to keep their mind off sensitive information. If they just keep repeating the same thing. It distracts them from the torture and also the um, the information they shouldn't be sharing. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah very modern. yeah it, yeah. It's it's it might even just be because there's a uh, some item descriptions of the hunters gear that kind of depict old hunters as being a little bit more superstitious with like wearing certain medals and stuff. So it sort of, it just feels like it's sort of of that thing where you're like, oh, I can say this thing to help me out. It's like a little bit more, it, it could also be sort of like a, a little bit more of a superstitious mindset where people thought there were ways to resist the scourge because they didn't really understand what was actually happening. So they were trying out different techniques like wearing copper and like reciting things to all like be these devices to hopefully help you out because they don't understand that it's kind of hopeless. Yeah, definitely. Cause I, I think one of the other ones, like you say, the things that they, they thought the beast scourge, I think was it came up the right leg. So they'd tie, yep. tie something around their leg to try and stop the, 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 the scourge going up their leg. <sighs> But yeah, they were, they were very superstitious, as Sean says, and maybe that's just one or another of their superstitions that they felt could help ward off the, the, the blood taint. Like a prayer, like a repetitive prayer. Yeah. To kind of mm. give, help give faith and hope. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Which we'll see very soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we want to kind of talk about, um, Yamamura's kind of end here, or do we want to come back to it? I kind of worry we'll forget. Um, we we can talk about it now. There's not much to this guy, I don't think. No, um, but it's... eventually you you'll, you'll have the ability to unlock the door that he's in and go in, and he's literally just slamming his head against the wall yeah. over and over, which is super <laughs> creepy. And his yeah. blood, um, just this is just a splattering of blood and just dripping down the wall, like where his head is. And so he's doing it enough to cause himself to bleed. Yeah, that's it's, that's not good. No, <laughs> he's that's, that's totally not good. It, it was a mercy killing. I, I didn't. I feel bad oh, about killing sure. NPCs, but I felt like really happy that I could like stab him. I was like, please stop banging your head. It just gave me a headache watching him. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I was actually really excited to get back there and to see if I could find out more and him. You know, actually free him and actually talk to him. And I was so I had this real disappointment of like <laughs> he is just. Murdering yeah. himself slowly. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, he's, it's a, it's a, it's a bummer, but it's it's kind of a nice message though. It's just like you think this whole time, because yeah, we're we're presenting it now, but it's like one of the last things you can do, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna open up the stuff, and it's like, 
No, it's too late, and it's kind of like a good message of Bloodborne. Like, you're not going to escape these systems, and the things aren't going to pay off, and people's goals aren't going to be met because they can't, they're in, they're unable to do them. So, in, well, in yeah, you know, you're not the shining knight in armor in this yeah, game. Exactly. You, you're yeah, not you're not the savior, to... you're the executioner. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. So we move on down the corridor. There's a few items down here. One that I can remember for sure is the Fist of Gratia. Gratia. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Which is a very cool weapon. It's a replacement to your gun. And instead of shooting things, you just punch them. (laughs) (laughs) Has has anybody used this? I know it can... I I know it can't parry enemies, so I kind of just gave up on it as soon as I found that out. I was like, yeah, I'm probably never going to use this, because if I'm going to have something in, in my left hand, I'm not, I want it to be able to parry. It's good for, I would say it was probably good for PvP, because you can get sort of get in your combos, use that to reset your combo, and start a combo again, so if you can time it right, you can pr- stun locks people pretty pretty hard with that thing. Oh, okay. okay. I'm, I'm sure I've seen someone mention that you can stun people and then get a um... Might be able to get a a, a, shot, a shot off, visceral shot off, to then open up an enemy for a visceral attack. Hmm. Like if you use a, a weapon that has a gun, like the oh, like yeah, if you yeah, use yeah. the reader, um, yeah. So you can you can stun them, shoot them to get the, the visceral attack. Okay, cool, interesting. But uh, I don't know. That, I've, that's not been tested. I'm just sure. I'm, I'm sure I've heard someone say that. I was gonna say normally okay, their gotcha. weapons are two handed, though, aren't they? The, the firing weapons. But, whereas that one's not. When it's mm. far around. I love the item description that talks about uh, Gracia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because so it says, um, she, yeah, <laughs> number one, it calls her a hulking hunter. And uh, the corpse that you find the item on is like way bigger than most normal corpses, which is kind of just a neat thing. And then um, she was a fearsome hunter and to onlookers, her unrelenting pummeling appeared oddly heroic. <laughs> I just like the idea of this giant woman Punching the shit out of everything she sees. <laughs> I know. She kind of reminds me, when I first saw her, as like a female version of the bag carrying dudes. They kind yeah, of had. There you yeah. Go. That, that, well, that, okay. That's the way I saw it. That, because, I don't know, they're just the same sort of size, same kind of look. I have no idea whether they're related in any shape or form, but that was, that was the first thing that sort of came to my mind. Okay, I I saw I thought it was more like the um the Sumerian guys with the staffs with the you know they at you and then kind of try and whack you with a big pokey stick. <laughs> That's what I thought. I thought it was one of them hunched over. Um, you see one in the corridor just out there, and so I just thought it was another one of them hunched over. So I thought it was an enemy when I first oh, what, the, the, uh, the the church guards. Yeah. Mm. Um, I thought it was one of them because they have the same had the same kind of cloak on or coat like a big overcoat. When I remember the corpse, and I expected it to stand up when I walked in, so I kind of hesitated. And then the other NPC is who you mentioned earlier, Charles. Yes, um, I jumped ahead. Bradore, or Bradore, I should say. Um, and the biggest he's behind another locked door. Yeah, he's he's kind of a prick. <laughs> he's got he's for a prick though. He has the coolest hat in the game, or one of the coolest <laughs> hats in the game. Um, but yeah, this is a similar situation where you'll later find a key, and if you come and unlock this door, um, he'll 
he'll start invading you throughout the game and he'll invade you I think four times and you and he uses what is one of my top three DLC weapons, if not one of my top three Bloodborne weapons, which is a uh, it's called the Blood Letter. Have either of y'all, have any of y'all messed with, messed with this so far? I, I had to play with it just because it looks freaking cool. Like you stab yourself and then you get this big spiky, pokey thing. It is so awesome looking. <laughs> every and every and every time he invades, that's the first thing he does is he stabs this mace through his chest and brings out this huge club of blood, <laughs> and it's like all spiky. Oh man, it's so great. So cool. <clears throat> hey, he's a pain in the butt, though, because he's he's the one of the first times I've seen anything use the lead potions, which mm-hmm. makes him you can't visceral attack him. Yeah, and you fight him in kind of really annoying places when he invades later on, and yeah, he's he was hard, and so I just ended up when I ever knew he was invading, I just rush him and just attack him before he could use one of the lead potions. Never did get invaded by him. Really? No, I twatted him in his cell before I went went to uh, <laughs> the invasion areas. How did you do that? Uh, I can't remember. I think Jeremy saw me do it. Um. Or, or was no? I think I I, I don't I, I watched you finish Ludwig, but then uh, I think I signed off right after. That. Oh no! It was I think it might be Morbid Beard actually that jumped on. I think it might have been Morbid Beard. I can't remember. I was so tired. But yeah, I'd, I'd got... Because um, you get the... I'm trying to remember where you get you the key. You get the key from Simon. Yeah, did you kill Simon? No, no, no. You, you you get the key before you enter that area. You get him at the, the lamppost before you go down into the... What's it area? Where he dies. Where he dies himself. You get the key oh. there. But I went back okay, yeah. on myself oh, rather... Oh, you get the key at the hut. Yeah, and, rather than going okay, forward, so I went, went back, back to, yeah. Uh, Okay. Twatted him, ah, and uh, instead of him invading you, his stuff's just there on the floor, at the, the four yeah. places that he would invade you. Oh, cool. Yeah, so <laughs> you still get his gear, but you just don't have to fight him. <laughs> oh, interesting. Oh, it's very cool. Next yeah, time, I'll be going to do that. Uh, yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah, but, he, he has an interesting kind of story, because, I mean, so he, like Jeremy said, he's wearing, like, he's wearing, like, a cleric beast head thing like he scalped he scalped a beast or something and then the the he killed a he killed someone who i personally think i think he's the, i think he's the person who killed lawrence down mm. in the chalice dungeon and i think that when he killed lawrence uh he you know he wore he put on his like he scalped him because he cut off his head because as we know the the blood blooding beast doesn't have a head and he wore that, and then the church locked him up because he did bad, but they still wanted to use him, so they sent him out as an assassin. Mm. I quite like the idea of that. That kind of all fits in quite nicely. And it ties in with, um, and pretty creepy, with uh, True Detective, with the old antlers everywhere. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't even put that together. That's that creepy. Was, that, <laughs> yeah. that whole shit. The, the first season of that show was filmed in my backyard, and I didn't even think about that. <clears throat> right, what are you trying to tell us? <laughs> <laughs> I am the yellow king. Though, yeah. You heard it here first. Because <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, this is cool. Antler hat is kind of like the Vicar Amelia horns, and you get a rock around with a flowing cloak of fur if you wear that get up can't you mm-hmm. I, f- I found it quite distracting 
Flying us <laughs> off your back if you're rolling around with it. <laughs> it's one of those hats that um, it looks very cool, but it, it gets kind of annoying sometimes to actually use because it seems to block a lot of your view. Because you're always, you're 90% of the time, you've got that overhead, slanted down, locked on view. And the antlers are right there center screen. <laughs> so that's like literally blocking your view of the enemy you're looking at. Um, but again, Fashion Soul is more than anything. In fact, even the guide, the, the DLC guide came out, even says like, hey, mostly, but the most important thing is your fashion. We understand that. <laughs> so like, you know, you have to look good first. Thank you. Um, so, Sean, you mentioned that, um, this guy killed Lawrence in the Chalice Dungeons and the, the Bloodletting Beast has no head. So is the Bloodletting Beast Lawrence? Oh, yeah, that's that's my... Uh, that's a kind of uh, theory that's thrown out there and that's what I generally think just because, you know, he has no head, uh, skull in the church. Yeah. Uh, you know, in in the Grand Cathedral is like that cleric beast-looking skull. So, yeah, that's what I, I've always um, thought that that was sort of the story they were telling with that. Yeah, no. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I go with that view of things as well. Cause like German's always in the dream. He's, he's saying about Lawrence, where are you? Blah, blah. And I think he, Lawrence had gone down into the chalice dungeons to retrieve something, possibly Yarnum or Yarnum. It's baby at the mm-hmm. time. And obviously got himself all a bit messed up and, killed him there, and that's why German's still waiting for him to come back because German probably doesn't even know that he's dead so he's still waiting for him to come back but obviously he's he's had his head chopped off so <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah it's and, really cool. and like people think that like with what happens with Lawrence in the DLC that that might like you know negate that theory but nah. like the skull of Lawrence that you find and all that, like it says in the item description, this isn't his actual skull. Like you find a human Lawrence skull. Mm. He just made that up. It's like his little secret. His secret is his humanity, which he hides underneath the cathedral where you might otherwise find Abriatus, you know, in the main game. So I think it's just sort of a comment on how he's sort of in the dream. He's sort of hiding that bit of him away because he can't get it back. Yeah, and that's the thing. So, oh, that's the core point as well. That, as you say, is, is a it's, it's a nightmare. That's where they've gone after they they go there after they die. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he, he's 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 been murdered at some point, and that's why he's now in this perpetual nightmare because obviously he's dead. Yeah. So yeah, I still I still go with you on that that one definitely. That yeah. I still stick by that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting to mm. me not to uh, tangent too much, but like, why why are Ludwig and Lawrence transform? You know, like is is it the idea like because they're blood drunk? So I I was sort of debating with myself: if you die a beast, do you go into the nightmare as a beast, or is it's because the blood drunk's implying that you're infected by the scourge already? So. You know, I was like, oh, maybe it's just game stuff because it's cooler to fight some big beasts every once in a while. But it's it's sort of like, why are Lawrence and Ludwig beasts and not hunters and the hunters? <clears throat> well, I think there's a slight difference between being uh, actually blood drunk and getting the scourge of the beast because obviously the scourge came from the uh, the actual the the taking of blood and possibly the hunters. I think they they become. Uh, blood drunk just by killing too much 
Mm. Yeah. yeah, possibly. And may, maybe it's just uh, different routes uh, have gone because obviously mm-hmm. they've gone mad through the hunt, whereas the yeah. other ones have actually caught the, the disease and transformed. And obviously being, obviously clerics, they they become these monstrous, powerful. yeah, powerful yeah. transformations. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I say that in part because uh, sort of moving us forward, of you you meet those two hunters before you go up to the research hall, and um, Vadi yeah, that's is, a good uh, point. Throughout the yeah, that it might be Amelia, but Amelia was obviously a, a beast when you killed her. Mm. So I don't know if that sort of disproves that idea or how that fits in with that theory that Amelia is the you know because that hunter's in the same pose where she's praying, she's reciting the same the prayer. same prayer, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The um, it, that I guess brings us to our next section where those two NPCs are. But um, I was hoping that the guide would have something in there about that, and I think the it in the guide she literally has no name at all. So like <laughs> it could just be anybody, I guess, <laughs> which is kind of frustrating. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's that's kind of a good thing then. If she if she has no name, then she's a nondescript NPC hunter, okay. which kind of would say okay, then it might not be Amelia. Yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. don't they get their names direct from from when they do the guides? Generally, they do. Yeah, they get like a list yeah. of characters and who they are. Yeah. So, okay, interesting stuff. Yeah. So um. yeah, that area obviously you go in. <laughs> I don't know if I can think anymore. Yeah, but as you say, you move into that area with those two hunters, and you then move up forward to, uh, well, it's three statues looking down over uh, uh well uh, a statue of a well I'd say it looks like a half-eaten corpse to me <laughs> yeah which uh, turns out to be our lift to our next area but there's also something there as well isn't there there's like a uh, what is it that's down there is it the church cannon yeah if you jump off Correct. um mm-hmm. you can go yeah or you can go down the lift as well and there's the church cannon yes mm. Which is a smaller Good. version of the cannon that the uh, big Cthulhu dudes use. Yeah, and it's just, uh, is it slightly less strength than the original cannon from the main game? Yeah, and obviously when it fires, it has a bit, it's got a bit of an arc to it. Yeah. Um, but also, isn't there two different versions of the, that statue? There's two kind of, um, altars that the different, depending on what state the, the elevator's in. And on one yeah, of them, the, it, one of them has the, the human skull of, or the fake human skull of Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're right. Yeah, and that's how you that's how you unlock the the Lawrence fight. Yes, you need that because he, he it states in the skull that obviously he's he's looking for it and he he he's absolutely adamant that he must protect it. So obviously, by you having it, he's gonna like wait, give him back my head. And so once you got that, you go back <laughs> and he. We'll fight you. But we won't, I don't think we need to spend too much, too long on him. No. Basically, from my perspective, he's a cleric beast that's on fire who has the <laughs> movesets of Amelia. But, but, and he's a prick. Yeah, he's a, especially when he gets cut and when he turns <laughs> into half a prick. Yeah. It's like a hell of a snake. <laughs> But yeah, from what I can tell, like he has the movesets combination of Amelia and the Cleric Beast. He has the kind of one large dominant left hand, like the Cleric Beast, um, who seems to do a lot of the hitting. Mm. 
um, and then he has, but then he will dive at you and lunge at you like Amelia does. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. So. Oh, banging the mic, punching the mic here. Woohoo! So yeah, that's right. <laughs> once you lines. yeah, uh, that lift then takes you up to our next area, which is the research hall. <laughs> and this is the second area. We've done one area in that two hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might have to speak. We might have to go a little faster through this. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm getting tired. <laughs> I can't think of well, it. My brain's exploding. This, this it's one o'clock in the morning for me. Hard. Do you not remember? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think this area is kind of quick though because it's yeah. it's you know big research hall which I don't know where that exists in the real world exactly I'm kind of confused about that in my head but it's it's like uh, just a series of rooms and lifts and it's kind of hard to describe how you progress through that <laughs> so yeah this but, gave me a lot of um, a lot of uh, Duke's archives vibes and it also mm-hmm. gave me a real big uh, Tower of Lotchery vibe and. Clifford, Sean, you aren't going to know what I'm talking about on that, but um, Vader knows what I'm talking about, and that that is like one of the best levels in a Souls game. Um, Recently revealed, it was that Miyazaki himself had actually had a large hand, if not 100% designed it himself. So seeing echoes of that in Bloodborne is like a... This gave me like just yeah, I was just so happy. Like, I was so hyped about it. (laughs) It's such a cool level, right? Like, this whole area is probably... My favorite thing in Bloodborne at this point. Yeah, it yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's very atmospheric and it just progresses in a really nice way. Like the mm. difficulty of the enemies, the um, the complexity of where you are, and and just the insaneness as well of what's going on when you find those sack heads and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's, it's a great, it's a great, great level. Yeah, the, the sack heads. Like, obviously, by the looks of things, what what the way I see it is the. Uh, uh, these are early experiments to create in the uh, Winter Lanterns. That That's possibly how I see it. I could be completely wrong, but there you go. Well, you know, that's how I saw it as well. Like, um, I think I even saw someone tweeting a picture of themselves saying cosplaying Winter Lantern when they put the, because you can get the <laughs> item to make yourself into a sack head. <laughs> Sick. And then you put on the, the doll dress and, mm. yeah. You're a Winter yeah, Lantern. it's... It's, it's, yeah, it's interesting because they, I, I definitely think that they have some sort of connection to the Winter Lanterns just because the, the similarities and how they look, but, you know, the, the, and we'll f- kind of, it's, the whole DLC is kind of telling a story backwards, so it's a little bit hard to describe it, but the research hall is basically them trying to make, uh, kin, trying to make celestials, mm. and, it seems like, you know, it went awry, and I'm not exactly sure how the Winter Lanterns cross in, but I think what they were aiming for was the Celestials, and you see that with the Living Failures, and you see that because they make that connection to the, uh, the Lumen Flower Garden in this area, because it's, there's the Nightmare version in here. So, this is sort of where the Celestials were born, but it also seems like this is somehow connected to where the Winter Lanterns may have also become a thing, which is, it's tough because the Winter Lanterns are strictly nightmare. Like, they're not real, uh, waking world creatures. So, I, at least in my own little thing, I think the successes will become the Celestials, and the failures die, but they don't die, they go into the nightmare and become Winter Lanterns. Yeah, we do come across two Winter Lanterns in the next area yep. past this one, and so it kind yeah. of, it makes sense that they are evolving from here. 
Um, yeah. I also got to me it kind of had a link with uh, fake Yusefka with her research. So I would I would mm. assume mm. that she come came from this place. Um, I don't yeah, know. exactly. No, I think that's exactly where it happened because um, yeah, I think this is what this is what the orphanage will become. You know, like, I think, you know, we, we see what the result in the main game, but this is where all those celestials came from originally. This was their progress to figure that out. And that's sort of going off of the, uh, the milkweed rune that you get. It just talks about, because it basically turns you into kin, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that, that, that bag lady that you talk to, because there's a couple of them you can talk to, but there's only one that actually has, uh, it's really an NPC. It's, it's... I don't know, I don't know what it is, but I mentioned it to Jeremy when we were playing together, is that she sounds a lot like Yusefka. Maybe it's just, cause similar voice, but yeah. I don't think it is the same actress, I don't know. It might be because, if you, if you, uh, Varty said it as well, the one outside that's talking about losing their eyes, that's the same voice actor as, um, Eileen. And you can quite clearly oh. hear it, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Whereas the one sitting down, that's tied yeah, up. She says about sound. she's uh, lost her eyes in the puddle, but she's got that, yeah. that accent. <laughs> and it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely the, the voice actor of Ireland. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So there could be a really loose tie-in with that, or just using the same voice actors. I think it's just coincidence <laughs> with the same voice actors, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't hold a lot of... Uh, like a lot of value to voice actors and stuff like that. I know some people do as far as like lore implications of like, mm-hmm. this, you know, like Solaire is this, the, guy that, the guy that voiced Solaire is the same guy that voiced Alfred. And I kind of feel like they maybe did that to trick the player in some way, but I don't think it has any actual lore significance at all. No, yeah, I mean, that's, that's just me, but yeah. Mm. It can be interesting though. Cause there's, doesn't the Yusefka and then fake Yusefka have different voice actors. There's like a real mm-hmm. s- yeah. subtle difference. And I love that they, mm-hmm. yeah, there's little things like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But they're so similar that you kind of wouldn't notice unless you're really li- listening for it. But yeah, like, yeah. talking about obviously, uh, the, the, the NPC with the bag, uh, Saint, Saint, Saint Adeline. She's quite cool actually, because obviously she wants you to, uh, she's the one obviously who you get the, uh, milkweed room from by feeding her brain fluid. But they, they, <laughs> it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool foreshadowing how they, um, they talk about, feeling and hearing the water and the dripping and mm. that again is small foreshadowing to what you're about to find out in a short bit of time like they they can hear the water and the dripping and it it, it comes to make sense why they can hear this this water and dripping <laughs> which is pretty i'm struggling to find the uh the item description on brain fluid um because it's, it is one of the best item descriptions in this game. I cannot find it in this um, game. I've had a link. Um, brain fluid is a key item. Grayish, uh, MOBA-shaped brain fluid wobbles and bounces. Extracted from a patient whose head expanded until that was all that they were. In the early days of the healing church, the Great Ones were linked to the ocean, and so the cerebral patients would imbibe water and listen for the howl of the sea brain fluid writhed inside the head the initial markings of internal eyes once a young girl had an older brother who was determined to become a doctor and so she willfully became his patient in the end this led to their encounter with the eldritch truth for which they considered themselves blessed 
we fail to realize our own latent potential until the moment it is lost and we sense its absence. Ironically, this is the very nature of insight. Like the moment one licks one's own blood only to be startled by its sweetness. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they write this stuff. I really don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's so much going on in there that, from, like, lore standpoint and stuff, it's just, like, it, it blows the mind, which is appropriate, because it's <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's just, yeah, no, this, I can't even, there's so many directions you could go with that description. It tells, like, it's like a novel's worth of implications in, like, three paragraphs. Yeah, well, even the, the foreshadowing that we're going to be going to uh, Oceanside mm-hmm. um, area next. Um, yeah, and then... And- and then the implications of all the, all the water, the bodies of water that the ruins talk about, like the lakes and stuff, that yeah have some influence and power. And, well, they're they're, yeah. they're very important, aren't they? With these bodies of water, it's it's it's, it's a very important point in in this. And it's so yeah. subtle in the game; it's just kind of just mentioned a few times, and but yet it does seem to hold a very important part to the, this, these ancients. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, this this area though is just like uh moving up through. This was I played this like this was sort of late into my like this was like, you know, like four hours into me playing and it was really late at night. And I I just find this area terrifying. Like <laughs> it, I was like I was paralyzed to move forward because I was not taking down the the baghead people easily and if they group up on you they, they take you down pretty fast. Well, that, that's what I really like about them. Actually, they, if you progress, that each level you go up, they seem to get more aggressive mm-hmm. and harder to deal with. Um, they start off quite timid, and so it kind of just throws you off because you think, "Oh, I can deal with these." And then, as you say, they group you. They they get a whole bunch of them, and then you just they'll just yeah, just spam you to death. <laughs> um, and there are so many of them. I can't believe how many enemies and there are in some rooms. Yeah. 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 Very scary area. Very, very, very rich in atmosphere and, and tension. Yeah, it's it is it's a good area. It is a very good area. But yeah, there's not a there's not a massive deal of stuff. I don't think other than sort of uh, what Adline's got to say. Mm-hmm. Well, you do find um, another very cool hat because the DLC is all about really cool hats. <laughs> you can actually get the enlarged head. Uh, wear, wear that around, which is super gross. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I've never put it on because I couldn't even like. I know I'm playing a video game, but I was not going to put that bag on my character's head. Ugh. It's kind so of like gross. the um, the head you get in uh, the Dark Souls One DLC. <laughs> mm. Yeah, the uh, yeah, it is the bloated head or something. That. Yeah, the bloated head, not for, the, the sorcerer's head. I've forgotten about that. Yeah, and like it even says you'd have to be insane to wear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Put it straight on. <laughs> um, but you, and also you also get find the, the, in this area the the only shield, right? Yep, the lock. Uh, or not the, the only shield, shield, but like the only useful shield. Yeah, it's like a really high um, magic defensive shield. And it's uh, it once again it's perfectly placed because it really comes in handy for the next boss fight. Yeah, I never even tried it. I found the next boss fight actually really easy. I, I did, but mm. it does when they're sort of doing their laser <laughs> beams and the meteor showers, the lock shield. Yeah, pretty awesome. 
you know, actually, the, what I found harder than that boss was when you can open up the key, uh, to the, you get the keys for the balcony from, um, the lady. Yeah. The lady. That's a bugger of an area. They are so tough. Mm. <laughs> They're laser beams. <laughs> I ended up, to get all the items, I ended up having to, um, Use the that blue potion. What's it called? Um, the blue, it, the blue elixir. Yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah. Yep. No wonder I couldn't remember it because it's just the description. <laughs> um, I had to use that and sneak around. Like I just couldn't kill the enemies. Like if I, if they all saw me, I just die. I died like three times. I was, the boss was easier. That's exactly how I did it as well. Blue elixir. Ran around, picked the arms up, fucked off out. <laughs> yeah, like stuff you. <laughs> and. Um, that's where you get a really, really, really cool. It's great to see some more arcane magic coming in. Like uh, you were using it, Jeremy, when we were co-oping, and I haven't, I haven't got lock- locked it yet. Um, the eyeball, the laser, the I don't know. Oh yeah, the um, the black sky eye. This this whole area is, is super cool. Once you get the key and everything, like it's the um, I can't remember the name of the boss. But it's the same area as the boss in Upper Cathedral Ward, right? Uh, the Celestial Emissary. Yeah. yeah. Look at me uh, getting a name right. You, you, you did it! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you, we, that's really, really... A, a, that's probably one of the best spells in the game. Um, oh, it's Because it's basically soul error. So. Yeah, and it just I love, love the animation. You just kind of like spit it out of your eyeball. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so obviously, yeah, you move up. Uh, do you want to talk about the uh, boss then? Move on to the boss of this area because we, we're obviously talking about them now with the lock shield. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess we we should mention that you actually have to rotate the stairs, right? We, did we mention that? Oh uh, yeah, it's very very Duke's archivesy with the whole sort of rotation <laughs> yeah. of mm-hmm. stairs and stuff. Yeah, it's very very cool. Yeah, it's definitely got the the rotation stairs of Duke's archive, but then the atmosphere of um, Tower of Latria. Um, yeah, but yeah, we got. This is we got two bosses in a row, don't we? We got the first one is was it failed? What living were they called? failures. Living failures. Living failures. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I found this boss I, fight really, really easy. To be honest, I literally the way I played it, I went in there and I I played it like the uh, is it the four kings? If if yep, yeah, yeah, if you can yeah, yeah, if you can kill them quick enough, you only ever have to fight one at a time. And it stops them from grouping up on you. You can kill one, get onto the next one, kill one, the other one spawns. And if you keep doing that, you, you can you can kill them pretty quick. But like if they, I found if if, if you had four, all four of them come up and they all started spamming, they got like the uh, they throw meteorites from space, cosmic meteorites, and that, that yeah, that can be a bugger if they're all doing that. Yeah, is do they only do that if there's four of them on the on the map and the level at the once no I, is that how that works no i think that it, only if there's a couple i think it's once they hit a certain hp point i think they start doing it probably start using it okay yeah i just didn't have trouble with them because i think even though all the other bosses hit points were quite high because they were it's a boss with multiple you know smaller enemies with lower hit points my damage output was enough and quick enough that i could just kill them before they really cause any trouble um, so I just kind of spammed attack and kind of killed them my first go. How about you, Jeremy? How did you... Uh... You probably um, one shot killed them. Well, yeah, I, I didn't die the first time, but uh, my, the most interesting fight I had with them was with a lower level build that I was kind of running through here, trying to get 
um, some some end game weapons, and um, I. It was one of those situations where I got down. I had no bullets left. I had no vials left. Um, the boss only had like ten percent of its health, and then <laughs> I had to like scramble to go into my inventory to use a, a saint's blood. I think it was from the NPC from the research hall because she'll give you blood like the prostitute and like the um, church tick will in the main game. So I used her blood to be able to heal up one last time and finally made it. And like <laughs> I was just exhausted at the end of it. I was like, oh god, I'm done. <laughs> So uh, I, I really enjoyed this fight. It looks cool. The area is neat. Yeah. Uh, I like the little. I like the spawning in gimmick. Like it's the. Mm. I I love it. I think it's great. It's, it is a little bit easy, but that's fine. Like I think it fits that it's a little bit easy. Well, especially yeah. since there's a boss directly after it. <laughs> and in my eyes, the next boss was the fun. In my eyes, I thought it was the funnest fight. Yeah, it was a good fight. <laughs> um. Did you, Jeremy, just before we move on, you mentioned the blood from um, the the patients down the bottom of this mm-hmm. area. It kind of, I think we talked about it when we were co-oping, um, how it kind of shows that, because there's been talk and suggestions that the blood from the ladies could be menstrual blood. Uh, I think Epic Nomebro talked it up, talked about oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that kind of shows that it might that's not the case, or in this case, with her, it's definitely not, because she says, take it from my arm, and she has a big syringe sticking in her arm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that applies to the other ladies or not. Um, it'd probably be more pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> well, blood <laughs> so, is blood, regardless of where it comes from. Blood yeah, is blood. Yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, and, like, you know, at a certain point, we're all guys, but, I mean, I think we're all married. I know um, you three have kids. I don't. Like, you know... It, Things, life is messy, like who cares? But I've never really attached a, a, a big significance to that. Like I know it plays into a lot of the pregnancy themes and things like that from the main it game. It does, yeah. But uh, this in in the DLC, especially since it's the nightmare, I, I don't think it really matters that much. I think they just wanted another blood saint in the game. So yeah, I think it's cool they did another one, and um, I do like I like the concept of having those special healing items. Mm-hmm. And it worked for you. It paid off. <laughs> you got through the boss. Honestly, I keep one of those on me at all times now, just for that reason. It's come in handy once or twice since then, too. Yeah. You know, if you get down in the chalice dungeons and you run out of vials, like, it's a good way to get help, get, get healed. Yeah, it's got to check it to your quick item uh, menu. Mm-hmm. But yes, um, moving on. The next boss we have after the Living Failures is Lady Mar- Maria of the Astral Clock Tower. Um, and actually, she's in the very, the shortest area of the. Game, the, this game, isn't it? That actually has a named area. Well, yeah, it's li- actual yeah. actual clock tower is yeah. a named area, yeah. but it's literally just the boss room. Yeah, it's one room. <laughs> yeah, um, and she's actually Lady Maria, as we mentioned through the throughout the level, um, the research hall. There's people moaning her name, aren't there? Uh, talking about and like lamenting and calling out her name, asking for help. So yeah, don't really have really high ex- um, <laughs> thoughts on her. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's. I mean, you notice a few things. First, she scared the crap out of me when she grabs your your arm super quickly in that cutscene. But she's. Oh, yeah. um, she she says a uh, you know she's like let a corpse be and then, I mean you see her and you're like you think of the doll because they look very similar and she makes references. She says sweet and stuff. She says lines that vaguely are reminiscent of the doll and um. You know, she uses quickening and stuff, so you get the impression that the doll is modeled after her, 
in that she's also Garman's apprentice. So that's possibly the uh, quickening bone is hers. Yeah. Mm. That's yeah. That's what I was thinking. The grave that the you know that the doll prays at. She's she's sort of praying to her likeness, and it sort of paints the picture that um um get that Gehrman, he he he. Uh, it sort of at least to me implied that her story that like she she worked with Gehrman, but Gehrman kind of liked her, but he didn't really know how to say anything because he's awkward that's why he needs books on how to impress ladies and stuff <laughs> so he yeah he that's why makes, he created a living sex doll for yeah his so yeah he, he makes this doll but if you notice like during the game he never really addresses the doll so it's almost like when you meet maria you're like oh yeah she's she's a firecracker like she's a real tough lady so the doll is nothing like that so i feel like you know how the great ones are sympathetic that this doll you know he created this doll this like and he tried to just get the likeness and be creepy and whatever else. But when he, when Gehrman went to the dream, the great, uh, the moon presence was sympathetic and tried to create a, a living version of the doll, but it couldn't get her personality right because it doesn't know her. All it sees is, you know, it just sees the feeling and that he likes the doll, which is why I think he made the doll, but in the dream doesn't really talk to her because to him, it's not really the person who he, who he was like in love with or whatever it was. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's an interesting thought. I, yeah, I, I quite yeah. like the idea of that. It's it kind of seems that way that he's just kind of put her to one side because she's not what he hoped she would be, and he obviously remembers Maria quite fondly, and she's yeah, she looks like her, and maybe it's painful for him to remember her and by looking at the doll all the time mm. reminds him of things lost and gone past while he's trapped in the dream forever in in, in this locked in this place and remembering good times yeah yeah and, and not only does you know not only does the doll look like maria but apparently maria is related to the queen of canehurst and you never see her the queen's head, but there's sort of implications that the queen is possibly a descendant of Yarnum, and between the three of them, they all have enough connections to make that seem plausible in my head, and sort of explain their use of blood and stuff like that, so I don't know how that plays into the... It was sort of a weird note for me, because I couldn't ultimately figure out why it was so important that they kept mentioning that she was related to the Queen of Canehurst beyond making a potential Yarnum connection. Yeah, interesting. Because I, um, I thought the doll, like I thought recently, she's quite tall, isn't she? If you stand next to her, she's mm-hmm. quite tall. Mm. Um, and to me, that seems to actually be modelled after um, Yarnum or someone from the Sumerian who's uh, who tend to be a lot taller than the average human, because she has the height of a creature like or one of those species. But um, so yeah, that could be yeah. I don't know. Very interesting. Mm. <laughs> I can't think now. I'm too busy trying to take it all in. Mm. Um, <laughs> but, but and also, boss fight. The yeah. fight itself is the fight itself is really cool, right? Like, yeah. I mean, my, when a Bloodborne bosses excel when you fight, um, and I guess I mean spoilers for the end of Bloodborne. If for some reason you haven't done that yet, but uh, when you fight the end boss, German, you know it's a hunter fight. It's you mm. versus him, and all the skills that you have that you've developed over the course of the game. It's not a beast fight, and that's some of my favorite moments. Those are some of my favorite mm-hmm. moments in Bloodborne. And man, this is that, like, 
is <laughs> so good. <laughs> and the, as she progresses through her phases, she gets more and more aggressive. She starts using blood magic, and then at some point she starts using fire blood magic, which, I, I mean, that just sounds metal as hell. I'm all into that. <laughs> and it's she's so aggressive. The weapon she uses, it's awesome. Um, I, I am so into this fight. Like, I, I co-op here a lot because I like playing with it, although... To be honest with you, when you co-op it, it it loses some of its charm because two people can really just, just you know it just confuses your AI and you just walk all over. Um, I really wish that there was a an aesthetic item like there was in Dark Souls Two, so I could resurrect her and just kill her over and over. I know that sounds cruel, but <laughs> so I could fight her over and over again. <laughs> Jeremy's nightmare. <laughs> yeah, that sounded a lot worse than I intended it to, but. Uh, I, I enjoy the fight so much. I would love to keep doing it again without having to go all the way through New Game Plus. So. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's it was a cool fight. I actually bounced off it to start off with. Um, found it quite hard because I think how I play with the cane, kind of quick and trying to stay back. And with her, when she transforms her attacks through blood and then into fire, there is like a secondary um, damage. Like you might, she might miss you with her swipe, but then the flame will kick in, and then you'll you'll get stunned by that, and then she'll just combo you. Um, but then I, when I actually beat her, when I kind of got her, her attack pattern down, I think it lasted maybe 30 seconds tops. I think I just destroyed her, just got in there, visceral attack, and just decimated her. Um, so yeah, she, but yeah, very aggressive fight, very, very fast paced, and a lot of fun, um, and looks cool. And I really like that they've, um, added, haven't they added the, the blood splattering animation? With your weapons, when you like the uh, Chicago, when you cover it in blood, it actually sprays mm-hmm. blood now, like hers mm-hmm. does. Has a trail. I of thought it, I thought it always did that, but uh, I didn't, I re- is that something new? I, I didn't start using it until very close to the DLC releasing. So I remember them reading in the patch notes they added more of the yeah of a of a, a, a blood trail to those weapons. But maybe I'm wrong. But it's still cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, very very cool fight. Definitely one of my favourite fights in the and game. The, yeah, the fire the fire trail was hard. Yeah, she has a, remi- a couple of her things had like uh, super super long range as well. Some of her uh, blood fire attacks. Oh, heck yeah, like yeah. literally halfway across the arena. <laughs> and then not only uh, long range, but also sweeps behind her a lot too. So mm-hmm. um, you know, you have to be really careful with positioning yourself. They. It seems like as a whole, uh, from has designed these uh, DLC bosses to kind of prevent that tried and true Souls method of getting behind something and stabbing it in the butt until it dies. Because a lot of their attacks will reach around behind them and knock you out of whatever you're trying to do. Yep. Which, I, which is cool. I, I like that. That makes you have to be more on your feet. It makes the fights more exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It made it made me be more aggressive and move forward rather than dodging back or to the side. I end up dod- working, dodging towards her. Because of her, the delayed fire burst after a sweep. If I dodge back, that would clip me. If I dodge forward, it'd be, it'd be behind me. And then I could get in a couple of attacks. And yeah, I just, yeah, like, it just makes you change your, your standard style of play. Um, I think it just makes you get better. Get good. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sean? Did you have uh, any difficulty with her? Uh, she, so for, for this DLC, um, I, she, the only the only bosses I completely soloed were the Living Failures and Lawrence for whatever reason, um, and she she was sort of a, a regret that I I did beat her with co op because I you know I enjoyed the fight as you guys are saying I really like the hunter like one on one, and uh, 
the back and forth of that. And I was getting so close every time, you know, down to like 25%, but I just couldn't close it, you know, once the fire started and everything. And I summoned someone in and we just crushed her. And I, I, I kind of, you know, it was kind of disappointing because I think I could have done it, but I just got a little impatient and I wanted to like, you know, you get, you feel like you're on the precipice of some huge like plot point. So I, I think she's a very fair fight and, uh, I really want to get back there and just take her on myself because I think, you know, it, like you said, it's a good test of skill. Yeah. So it's a very good fight. Give it a go. Um, she looks badass too. Like the whole, her whole outfit is just really cool. Like the look of her. Yeah. Have we lost somebody? No, I'm, I'm still here. Take, taking it all in. <laughs> Yeah, I know my brain is just like whirling, like the uh, my yeah, yeah. So so <laughs> well, yeah. Like the so, big saw. Well, as you say, after you beat her, then you uh, pick up. What is it? Is it uh, a clock dial? Is it a clock dial? Um, yes, it's something like that. It's like a cog or yeah, looking thing, clock looking thing. Yeah, which you then hold up, and the astral clock moves into awesome position uh and it also i think Varty said as well if you look at the clock uh it points to a certain room shape before it unlocks which is uh i think is it is it yes. great lake i think it's deep, deep sea. sea that's the one yeah yeah that's the one mm-hmm. that would make sense because yeah. we're heading to the coast yeah <laughs> i didn't you know props to Vardy for his Videos and this stuff. Um, I did yeah. not pick up that the great the Carlisle runes were etched on this clock tower at all. Like that's that's just totally nuts. Yeah, I, I didn't notice that either until we pointed that out. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, sorry. Yeah, notice what I missed that because my my daughter was shouting in the background. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, so what are the ruins etched? What was that about the ruins? Oh, they're, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, they're, they're the Carlisle runes, the ones that you like equip to the deep sea rune or the, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, all the stuff like your rings, basically. Um, yep. like, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's all of those are etched around the face of the clock, which oh, is, okay, like, yep. I don't know. It's just really neat. Yeah, that's cool. But let's go to the, let's go to the fishing village, y'all. Yep. The fishing uh, hamlet. Hamlet, not a village. The, uh, <laughs> the great <laughs> secret that's, yep. uh, trying to be, hidden the first thing i noticed coming into this area because I, I tend to when i move into new areas i tend to look around and the first thing i noticed was obviously when you look down into the water you you can see the hunter's nightmare you can see obviously yarnum and the town below the below the water that is cool didn't look at that yeah and i think so i was gonna say how the heck do you have an ocean outside the top of a tower? <laughs> you just walk on out and it's there. Yeah, I, I think it, the way the way the uh, dream works is obviously that's where it is, and you are all below, technically below water in that nightmare, and that's why a lot of the um, the bag heads can hear the dripping and the water because they have a connection to the truth. Nice. So they can actually see and hear the water around them in their in their mind's eye. This whole game's just like an onion. It's got it's layers. It's all layers. <laughs> it's important to remember too that you're in a nightmare, right? Like mm. none of the 
physicality has to make any sense that, whatsoever. That is true, like, but still. Yeah, you, you can just kind of blend into, you know, from one area to the next and not, it doesn't matter because, I mean, not, not only are you traveling, I guess we'll probably talk about this at the end when we find the, the boss, but like, you're not only traveling through these dreams discreetly, but you're also kind of going back in time. Like, you're steadily chasing the secret mm-hmm. and what the secret did to affect the real world and how that played out. Um, like Sean mentioned, like the research hall eventually becomes the orphanage. Like you, there's a direct line between what they were doing there. So like you're going farther and farther back trying to find yeah. you know, the source or the truth mm-hmm. or the truth, which never works out for anybody in this game. So I don't know why <laughs> we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting. It actually, um, you're on a narrow kind of rocky path, aren't you? And then the water drops off. Did anyone try walking off and see if you, what happens? You die. I assume you die. I, you know, I never fell off, so I don't. I don't, I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure you just die, though, or else there'd be YouTube videos all over the place about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, did, I didn't try here. I, I tried at the end, and I just hit a wall there. But yes, I, I did I, then. I, yeah. Um, because then you see, I fought. You know, we'll get that. Right, I won't say that now. But it's the boss. We've got lots to get for, through before that. Um, and we come across our first kind of enemy <laughs> slash NPC walking towards us. This, yeah, <laughs> our first drunk fish drunk man. Fish man. Yeah, because he he just looks kind of like a enemy. He kind of looks like one of the bag men in some way. He's kind of mm. tall and elongated and got hooded figure, and he's just ranting. But that rant is just amazing. Full of stuff. Yeah, it really gives a lot of. Um, yeah, there's a lot of truth in there that it starts to shed light on what's been going on <laughs> yeah yeah he's pretty awesome you know he can't die oh he can't yeah no no you can hit him um i and i think if you hit him he'll give you the, the uh a, a new hunter's tool a new spell uh that yeah. curse thing um but he also will just give it to you if you come up it with the milkweed rune that turns you into ken i believe because he yeah. can kind of recognize you as one of him so Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I just I, I just kept hitting him, hitting him, hitting him, and nothing. Yeah, he just hmm. there's no no health bar. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and from him you basically learn like, oh well, horrible things happened in this village, and it's Bergenworth's fault, and so you hmm. you start to get like clues as to what happened. You're not quite sure exactly what the focus of the secret is, but you get the idea that Bergenworth did some bad things to these people. <laughs> Bergenworth, the vile wretches. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> the vile wretches. <laughs> Bergenworth. Yeah, which, which is the, um, which is the item that, it may have been the spell I just mentioned, but which is the item that says that the villager skulls were forcibly searched for, for eyes? eyes. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is yep. the, yeah, it's, yeah, it's that, uh, that just gives me, like, a <laughs> shiver. Yeah, you ain't coming back from that. No. It <laughs> just paints a picture of Bergenworth and some of the the brutal stuff that they were doing to these obviously just fishing guys, and they've obviously just invaded their town and just tore apart the town and obviously tortured these poor villagers for fecking eyeballs and insight. <laughs> what's What's interesting is often like Bergenworth is got an outside look. They just seem to be the most sensible. They just like you get the students' uniform, it's all just like they're just the university, they're just academics. But no, they're just like everybody else. They go too far. <laughs> they <laughs> they brutalize what they they come to, and they want to find out more at any cost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Well, yeah, and the, and the worst part of it is, is like, if assuming you know that Willem was was a part of this and stuff, like they they almost kind of get away with it in a sense because this curse seems to be on the hunters. You know, it's like the people doing the dirty work. Like they, the hunters did bad things, but it was sort of at the command and under the guidance of Bergenworth, I assume. Yeah. So they, yeah, as you say, they're the Bergenworths. I think that's uh, when you meet Simon a bit later on, he kind of alludes to that and says, why should we pay for the sins of mm-hmm. our forefathers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mental. <laughs> um, so basically this is uh, onwards and, and forwards and upwards and everything <laughs> to, I don't know it's, we turn into a little bit of distance a little fishing village which is sub-submerged I don't know we say it's it kind of has um, everything's covered in barnacles and slimy and yeah well, it's a fish town uh, little fishmen <laughs> yeah but the, it's a fish town that's kind of was underwater for a time and now is the water subsided again and so Barnacles are right up in the building, mm. and and then there's the fishmen who, with tridents, try stab you. Yeah, they did. I, I was I was disappointed to find out that these guys are actually just named fishmen in the guide. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bloodborne's enemy names are so disappointing, like the you know the, the giant ball of snakes and the fishmen, and like it's just so <laughs> so literal. <laughs> like, yeah, Blue I think that's a common theme with Bloodborne, to be honest. Like. <laughs> With, with with sort of Dark Souls, they they they're kind of they they hover around stuff, this and that. Bloodborne seems to be very blunt with what it's telling you. It it doesn't really beat around the bush too much. I don't think. Yeah, I could but then, with that. Yeah. Then you'll get like Garden of Eyes, and you're like, See, you guys can do it. You're just you're just <laughs> not putting in the effort 100. <laughs> percent well, If you complain too much, they'll bring out the boom hammer. <laughs> yeah like the one guy named winter lanterns and the garden of eyes and then got fired so everybody else was like well, we don't know how the fuck to name things <laughs> yeah. yeah that guy's working with Kana- uh, kojima now <laughs> yeah. um yeah so going through the, the fishing village is not much really happens in there really we um all the kind of items and weapons have been used up the, except for the ones that are very unique to quests. Well, the, well, the, or we, you got the one down in the middle of the, the village, well. down the middle of the well, yeah. That's, I think that's the enemy you mentioned earlier, Sean, is the enemy that you mm-hmm. avoid. Feckers. Yeah, no, I... The whale giants. Yeah. God, they... Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, they're the worst. I, I hate <laughs> these things, and I, I might... I, I think, like, they cause me, like like... I don't get too, like, enraged all the time by video games, but, man, going down that well... So, you see the one up top, and they're, like, these giant shark ogre things with barnacles on them, and they hit, like, a truck, and then, in in my mind, the worst thing is, is if you get... Yeah, if you get di- if you get distance from them, they move quick and they do this diving attack where they jump at you. And then if you move past them, they immediately squirm around and wriggle on the floor. Where I almost always got hit by that attack if I couldn't clear distance. Like seemingly, like I had to clear as much distance as I could to not get hit by that attack. And that just they infuriated me, especially when you go down the well. It's and two of them. Two of them. <laughs> Yeah, and there's two types in there, isn't there? One, the two different types of weapons. 
one has like a big anchor. Oh, that one's a bugger. The one with the anchor, my word. <laughs> yeah, I'd never, the one, as you progress through the level, there's one on like kind of the hill as you go up towards the lighthouse hut. I just avoided him. I just kind of ran around in circles, got all the items and then ran past and just avoided that area every yeah, game. That section's a bit of a pain in the ass as well because there's, there's uh, one of the magic user ones up there that fire the, the ghostly yeah. skulls at you. So what, yeah, the, whilst they, avoiding that, find you yeah, you're trying to yeah, avoid yeah. that and then you've got Fishman doing like some fucking crazy football dive at you. It's just like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, he's an American football player taking you out in the nets. Yeah, yeah. And that and that curse is no joke, man. Those things follow you around like I've never yeah. seen. Like It's even worse in the Shrine of Ramana um, from Dark Souls 2 where the, the magic would kind of mm. home in on you. Like This stuff will like curve 90 degrees sometimes. Well, and come after 180, you. you can dodge through them. Yeah. And then they'll, and they'll, they'll turn around. They'll turn, they'll turn around, around. and come after you. <laughs> they're, they're a bugger as well because each one hits for at least 10% and they fire so many of them. If you stand there, and, it'll and just wipe you out. Yeah, real quick rate as well. Yeah. Like it's five every time and they can shoot them off every few seconds. Like, yeah, it can be quite intense. But I will say the the very conspicuous shield you picked up in the last area um, blocks it all with no problem. It, it barely uses any stamina. So, um, cause I, I, I used that for the first time in this area thinking like, okay, well, I'll, you know, there's magic. I have a magic shield. Let's see. And yeah, it totally works. So I, I find it hilarious. Like how the only shield you got in Bloodborne was mocking people who use shields. <laughs> and then now they give you a shield and it's just completely like seems almost OP in some cases. <laughs> That's, yeah. Me and Zaki, stop messing with us. We want us to have shields or not. Um, but yeah, we got those two shark, whale, giant fish men. There's two down So the real well. quick, so, yeah. in the well, once you kill them, like, it gives you what is probably my favorite weapon of the DLC right now. Yeah. Um, I've wanted to use it, but I've, I, yeah, I'm going to save that for, cause it's a blood tinge weapon? No, not, nope. no blood tinge at all. It's not pure skill. Sticks. Oh, that is pure skill. Mm-hmm. Okay. My, my mistake. I must be thinking of another weapon. But yeah, it's, it's the weapon, um, is it the weapon that uh, Maria was using? Yeah. The, Correct. The, the cool. But we can't is, do the cool um, blood to it, though, can we? No. 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 There's no way to put... Unfortunately, I wish there was a way to like add blood damage to it. Maybe that's why I thought it was blood tinged, because I just assumed it was, because she used blood with it. Yeah. No, this is just a... Uh, it is It is a rad-ass weapon. Though. I haven't had this much fun with a weapon in any Souls game in quite some time. Uh, yes, it is good. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, we pushed through, and then, uh, where I was saying before, about the, uh, where we was up with the skulls and the large fishermen, uh, I think just beyond there is, uh, lamp, isn't it, where you find, uh, Simon. I actually missed him, I, cause isn't he just dead there? Yeah. He's, he's, he's like laying down, he's very easy to miss with his clothing being kind of nondescript the way it is. Camouflage. Yeah, I actually yeah. missed them. I had to come back later after I actually finished, killed the um, the final boss. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's there. Um, yeah. And it's the end yeah. of his quest, isn't it? If you've talked to him along the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, and he did... just kind of tells you he's being pursued and that like he made a mistake. And then he, uh, he dies and you get a pretty sweet weapon. So, so is he being pursued by, pursued by Braidor? Yes. Yes. Yep. And the Simon's Bowblade, that's going to be my weapon in my second playthrough. Because that is Blood mm-hmm. Tinge. 
Please tell me I'm yeah. right. That is bogus. Yes! Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I like bows. I have a bow myself, and just the idea of using a bow and Bloodborne just seems really awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's. I haven't used it a whole lot, but I've I've used it a bit. I've played around with it enough to uh, have a pretty pretty good appreciation for it. I I like having it as like a secondary weapon that I sort of can use to aggro because it does pretty good damage, so it's not insignificant. Well, yeah, and yeah, it's it um you can do you can charge do the charge up attack yeah. even in bow oh, form. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And that's really cool. <laughs> can actually yeah, land it, visceral attack. Like can actually land. And some people mm-hmm. with that. I have not done it, but you might be able to. I'm sh- it's got it's got the bling bling sound, so it must do. Yeah, it, it does I, do. I've heard, charge, you can, yeah. I've heard you can backstab, yeah. Um, but I, I've never been able to land a backstab with it, so I don't know. It would be hard. You'd probably have to do it to, on de-aggroed enemies and then run in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So obviously, yeah. Uh, I used it. Um, if, if you guys are curious, um, I used it for the second half of the boss of this area, and that's up on my YouTube channel, um, oh. which was a lot of fun. Oh, cool. I've yeah, watched a few of your recent ones, but I haven't seen that one yet. Um, so moving on, this is this now uh, Fisherman's Hut becomes sort of a hub of this area, doesn't it? Like, there's like, three entrances to this hut that we loop mm-hmm. around back to. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the one you came in, there's the next one you go out, there's one to the cave, and then there's an elevator. So four entrances in total to this little <laughs> hut. Um, it's really cool. <laughs> and um, really, we just go, the whole level is really just getting invaded by Braidor, isn't it? And as you progress. Pretty much, yeah. There's, there's, as you say, there's not a, a, not a whole great deal from here. You've just got your uh, your Braidor invasions and just a whole bunch of enemies, which I didn't get because obviously I'd already killed him. So. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're very tall. Well, battle, I guess. Yeah, and then you go into this little mining area, and then uh, kind of work your way down into the bottom of this area, uh, which is really weird. I guess this is does this uh, the physicality of this place really escapes me. But like the a bunch of fish monsters with a bunch of fish mages, and like they're all kind of trying to kill you. <laughs> no, well, this is this I, is... I like this area a lot. Oh yeah, it's a cool area. This is where you we come across our um seashell mermaids that we were surprised with earlier in the game that we talked about by the um the whirly gig saw yeah um this is where we start fighting them uh but now they're actually aggressive and they fight mm. um and yeah but the same thing there the, some of them some of them are dead and don't actually fight but then others will aggro later as you pass come back like it's i noticed a couple that you'd go past them they wouldn't attack you you pick up an item as you turned around. That's when they kind of came to life, and it was yeah. it was good at trapping you into corners because they weren't yeah. that hard to kill. But if they got few of them got got you, they could kind of yeah stun lock you. Yeah, they, they can do. But yeah, I just I I found it cool. I just ran through with uh, the holy blade and just swang for dear mercy, and because it's got such a nice reach, it just pretty much kill everything around me. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I was uh, doing the, the the spin to win axe move all through this area. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good yeah, it's a good area, and it loops around. But yeah, it's not actually much cool items. There's a couple of um, you get a blood rock. Yeah, which is cool. Super happy about the blood rock. I put a smiley face in the show notes next to it. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
because it meant I could upgrade another weapon. Um, but what else? I think there's a couple of uh, good gems you get from the Winter Lanterns you find down the cave. Yeah, they're, they drop um, probably the best uh, physical or nourishing gems in the game outside of the chalices. Um, so if you're if you're one of those people um, that don't like to do chalice dungeons, these are probably your best bet for damage gems. Yeah, which is, which is cool. The problem is, is that I think I'd rather chalice dungeons than taking fighting winter lanterns. Uh, <laughs> they suck. Um, yeah, that's they're not fun at all. I I actually um, did some cop around here to help with the boss because the bosses are just off these caves. It's, they kind of loop around. It's not not it's not a huge area, um, but. The person obviously didn't want to fight the boss straight away. They were still playing around with the area, and so they ran out and they ran away from the Winter Lanterns. And I ran up and killed them, and they just walked up to me and just did applause, just kept doing applause because <laughs> I killed the Winter Lantern for Lanterns for them. <laughs> I was just so stoked. They just kept clapping because um, they suck. Yeah, yeah. I liked how uh, if when you're down fighting the fish, the fish ogre guys in the well, the first because I, I went at that place like a dozen times and the first couple uh, you can hear the winter lantern music from these caves which are above and a little bit farther down and just just hearing the music alone was enough to keep me on that one side of the column at the bottom of that well <laughs> for the first few tries so i was too scared to run around the other side and when i finally did and there was no winter lantern it became a much more manageable situation kind of but, but yeah to yeah be, since you brought that fight back up again i actually just used that um what are, they, what are the green daggers called? Look at me not knowing names again. The uh, shaman, shaman blades. blades. I just use that on them and let them kill each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I didn't that's... know you had to be like super close to those guys for that blade to work. Like I, I, yeah. I just assumed I was never landing it, but you actually have to be like within melee distance for that blade to have any effect. So yeah, I've, I learned something in this fight. I've never used that before. It's the first time we've ever used that item, and so I just figured that you had to stick it into them. And there's like a yeah bit of a run up, and I thought I'd missed, and uh, yeah I don't know, but it worked. Um. You know, talking about the Winter Lanterns with this fight, um, me and another guy were that was helping me with this fight because I was like level I don't know sixty or something, trying to get the weapon pretty early for my skill build, and um, he was gracious enough to help me out. It was a guy on the duck feed slack, um, and we had to try it like ten or fifteen times, but at some point after like five or six times, and we were just running past the Winter Lanterns to get there the second one started following us into the thing. So we would turn around and like the winter lantern was right there next to the fish guy. <laughs> and he did it like four times in a row and then never did it again. It was a real, I don't know if it was an AI bug or if it's just like a random chance for him to follow you in there. Like it was, yeah, totally unmanageable with the winter lantern in there with the fish guy. So he just, <laughs> just jumped down with me from that back entrance. Yeah, exactly. Man, what a dick. What a dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, see, I, when I took them on, because I did die a couple of times against those fish guys, I came from the start of the level yep. and dropped down the, the actual well. Yeah, that's the same thing I did. Oh, I came in from the the shortcut that, I, I guess we probably should mention the shortcut that you find that takes you back up to the um, hut lamp. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, that's where we were coming yeah, from. Yeah, that's so. the fourth entrance to the, the hut, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, and then yeah, there's not a there are no other items, are there? It's very very limited in this area. Yeah. Well, you find um you find Simon's gear in here, but that's not particularly interesting to me. Um, it, it kind of looks ugly, so I'll probably will never yeah. Wear it. Uh, so many bags hanging off of you. Yeah, it's he's that giant there, on the back. Yeah. yeah. I have heard that um there's some weird lore stuff with um 
his clothes and the guy that I can't remember if he has a name in the main game, but the guy who kills all your NPCs in the main game, um, like they're dressed in a similar fashion. Oh, somebody who's yeah. trying to hide their beasthood or whatever. But I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know that full story. I don't know if you have anything to uh, mm-hmm. uh, interesting. I think it. I think it just sort of implies that that guy wasn't actually eat. like it sort of makes his story make even more sense because you learn from Simon's gear that he basically walks around the streets and because he doesn't look like a hunter he can like sort of he's like a spy he's sort of like big brother watching people to see if anyone's like affected or whatever so at least to me it just implied that the beggar isn't even really a beggar he's probably he probably was once a hunter and so it's just sort of reinforcing the fact that he's kind of conning you into like believing he's one thing when he's actually just this you know blood drunk hunter okay interesting yeah it's cool mm-hmm. um so are we ready to talk about talk about the boss because i'm i can't wait for clifford to uh just rage against this boss. <laughs> 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 oh, man. um Yes, yeah. so we've got the, the last boss, the final boss of the DLC. It's the Orphan of Cos. Yeah. Man. Pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty awesome. Which, when you obviously work it, walk into the, the arena and obviously you see the dead mother Cos on the beach. The Cos that everyone's been talking about. Dead on the beach. And you get this awesome cutscene of, of her child coming out of her womb and, Using its placenta as a big fucking weapon to twat you around the head and kill you <laughs> over 50 times at least. <laughs> Brr. <laughs> Seriously, I must have fought this fight at least 50 times. Like two nights on the trot consistently. Like I really struggled with this fight. Like really, really struggled. Yeah, it was, it's a tough one. Yeah. I had a hard time too. Um, same thing, just two, so many hit points that you, there's only so long you can keep up the momentum and the aggression, the speed that the bosses fight with. That's what I find. And because they have so much hit points, just keeping up that pace is just so taxing. Trying to, yeah. Yeah. You got to go for like yeah. five minutes to 10 minutes for the fight. And it's just, yeah. So yeah, I, I feel, the, I feel this- covered. The second half of that fight, too, is, like... I think it's one of these things where there's, like... I like that all the the Bloodborne bosses basically have phases. It makes it kind of interesting, but... And this was something that was... Uh, recently, there was some discussion about on Bonfireside Chat, but, like... What... Like, it's... that Getting to that second phase isn't super challenging, but it takes time, like you said, which sometimes, if you become impatient, you'll die, because he hits hard. But that second phase, if there is any rhyme or reason to how how he attacks once he grows his wings and starts dive bombing. I like, I could not figure out that it's just like chaos at that point. And you're just trying to survive and then just get in the few hits you can get when he's on the ground. Yeah. What I found really frustrating is that often when he would do a jump and he would hover in the end and then throw his like little bombs and that, that mm. would often kill me off camera. Like I couldn't <clears throat> see them. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Off camera. Uh, damage just drives him mental in any kind of game or boss because anytime he throws those grenades um it was super frustrating like if he throws just one the aoe attack if you don't time it time it perfectly not only does it hit you and does a lot of damage but it also staggers you so it breaks you out of whatever you're doing which can be very very bad in that fight especially Mm -hmm. the second phase because you're you kind of need to stay on your toes the entire time yeah um so yeah i had a real hard time too because it's not just you i died a lot 
Um, I ended up getting summoning someone who in who was super powerful. They were they were a blood tinge build, so I don't know. I'm assuming that Cos might be weak against blood tinge because he just seemed to do a lot more damage than me. Um, kind of, and so that helped yeah. a lot and took the focus off. And so I ended up doing it co-op. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I did also. Yeah, I did co-op, and then I after I beat him, I tried helping co-op people. I must have done it half a dozen times in every fight. The uh, the beckoner died. <laughs> it's just like at a certain a certain point, I was like, I want to help you guys, but this fight is just brutal for pretty much everybody. It seems. Yeah, I, I did the same thing. I just, I I don't think I was successful helping yeah. anyone else. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. But oh, yeah, this this leading back to obviously uh, the dead mother cause this is obviously what has cursed Bergenworth and their hunters to uh, obviously come to their dream is is I, I don't know would you say it was obviously cause or the orphan possibly that's laid this curse down because obviously I think it's I think it's the orphan because the uh, the wisp after you beat him the like black wisp kind of uh, it was kind of, I implied the orphan in my mind at least, cause, yeah, I think Cause was already dead when, like, you know, washed up dead, yeah. and then, but Cause was alive, and, you know, I think that Bergenworth was the reason why Cause got killed, and I think when Cause was killed, because being a great one, instead of dying as you normally would, Cause created this nightmare mm. to curse the hunters because they slaughtered this village and they killed, they killed him. So they 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 fucked up real bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's just pretty awful, really. Just in in their um, wanting to gain more knowledge that they've just obviously tortured and killed, which is mm. by sounds of things a pretty sympathetic creature. To most things, and it's yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they've just tortured it and killed it, and yeah, they, they've obviously had yeah. this curse then laid upon them. And I think the the person at the beginning that we hear talking about the curse, I think it's I think it's the voice of uh, Maria saying that about oh, the children's children. I do believe it's the same voice as Maria. So I don't know whether she she obviously knows the old truth, and it's just kind of yeah. stating that. Well, I I think she. I think she might be the one who killed Cause, which uh, is a uh, is a big thing. Because at least from the Recoyo, you hear that she throws it into the well after doing something horrible. This is yeah, and I think I think that's what she did. And so she threw the Recoyo into the well, and then she killed herself because she was like, you know, this has gone too far. Yeah. And you know, obviously that spawned a bunch of other events. But I think it was. I think she's. She's the person who killed the orphan. That, yeah, that makes that that makes sense definitely, and obviously the, because she was so disgusted with herself, that's why she threw the as you say threw the weapon down the well. Mm-hmm. And, but then she's ended up becoming sort of a protector in in the yep. the nightmare to stop people from getting to the village and just to basically try and leave them be. Yeah, yeah, because it's a. Uh... I, I think the implication from there is you find these, uh, it talks about, I can't remember what it is that describes it, but there's like the, the parasites inside cause, which have something to do with the lumen wood, which we know has to do with celestials. So it sort of all leads me to believe that, you know, cause 
the orphan or in Kaz's body washed up turned the villagers into kin, sort of, you know, just by the presence of this great one, because it was sympathetic and that's why they're all worshipping it. And then Bergenworth comes in and sees that you can ascend by just like, by this corpse. Mm. So they, they start dissecting people and they find this stuff. They find the parasites, which lead to the lumen wood, which leads to the celestial. So the DLC in that sense is almost like a story backwards. You know, you're seeing the beginning and then the research hall is the next progression. And then the nightmare is, you yeah. know, what, what they reaped by doing all these things. Yeah, very cool. No, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> it's really, <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you a story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and this is, all, I didn't come up with most of this shit. This is stuff like, uh, this is why I play the games. This is why I, I made the lore hunters because this is me trying to come up with things and then going on Reddit and going on, you know, game facts, going on the Slack chat, listening to all the, you know, the shows and all the people who make these things. And then I just collect it. And then I just, you know, come up with my own opinions of what I think is the best told story. But it's just, I, I love the DLC has really revived the, the, the lore, especially the, like the lore community and really revived the entire game. So the story is really good. Yeah. It's really good on this yeah. DLC. I, I'm definitely looking for even from a mechanical perspective. Um, yeah. Like you see yeah. more people streaming it. You see more people in PVP. I'm getting, um, like there's a bunch of people p- more playing the game. I see people doing mm. chalice dungeons a lot more now. I'm getting summoned. Like I get summoned immediately for chalices mm. at level like 100, 120. Like I think got yeah, everybody really, really excited to play Bloodborne again. Whereas I think a lot of people had played it and then said, eh, I'm not going to play that again and put it down when it, back on release earlier this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very, very good. I, no, it's just, ugh, it's brilliant. I'm very looking forward to, I, I think Varty's, some of these, uh, prepare yes. to cry videos are going to be mm-hmm. pretty, pretty good. I'm quite looking forward to them. Yeah, they'll, they'll yeah. be quite cool, I think. Yeah, no, the videos he's done so far, I, you know, I, I always have liked Vadi's stuff and despite whatever controversies, mm. stupid drama stuff in the community, he makes really fucking good videos, <laughs> like really nice production. And even though his videos for the DLC weren't even lore videos yet, you could just like, I got excited because you could hear in his voice <laughs> that this is interesting and he wants to tell stories. And yeah. That just gets, that has to get you excited. Yeah, in the third video, like, he, he he's obviously, because he's doing run-through, kind of like a let's play kind of run-through, but mm-hmm. he still, he keeps dipping into lore, and he he, he kind of tell, <laughs> tells himself off, and he says, no, I've got to stop talking about the lore, I need to save them for prepare to cry, but he just really, really wants to talk about the lore, yeah. but obviously he's trying not to, to save it for his prepare to cry videos, so yeah. I think they're going to be something pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause it's just, it's just so good. And unlike, unlike Dark Souls, where you have these like characters who are like Solaire and Sigmar, who are like these, like, you want to like aspire to be like them. Bloodborne is mostly filled with the most like wretched characters. Like yeah. they're, they're not trying 